0: Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. What's up, man? <laughs> I switched in to ET. The volunteer a the volunteer state. What does that mean, you think? I don't know. Have you volunteered for much? No, but... I haven't, I've been here for 15 years, I haven't volunteered for a damn thing. There's a lot of... Tennessee
1: Vols fans upset yeah. about the Alabama game this weekend. Mm. They were dominating the first half, and then Nick Saban came and Sabaned Sports. in the second half.
0: Sports scene. A lot of ref blaming and stuff. Oh, I hate it when people blame the refs. <clears throat> I mean, there were a lot of missed calls. Yeah. I will say that. Gotta play the course. But you
1: should have been up more.
0: Yeah, there you go. Overcome it. Who cares? You know? Just do it. What's up, everyone? We also go by the name Good Morning Liberty, but on Tuesdays... We go by Liberty at night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. But we're also, good morning, Liberty, we talk life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Yesterday, apparently, was a day of the week where we did not want to. And it's in the fine print. It's not even fine print, actually. We say it out, out loud. Yeah. yeah. Every time, it's when we want to. In bold and cursive. Mm-hmm. So, and what's it's funny, that actually sticks with people. Like, a lot of people, when they comment, they'll say when when you want to. I think it's, I don't know. It's one of those weird things that just sticks with people because it's not really grammatically correct. You know, it ends in the preposition. It sounds weird, uh, but it sticks and it smells funny. It gets the people going. Yeah. So what happened over the weekend and yesterday? Well, there's more, there's war stuff going on, you know, bombs being dropped, people being killed, revenge being had. Uh, There's protests all over the globe. A lot in the United States also, uh, apparently apparently, everyone's big fans of Palestine. I didn't realize how many sleeper fans of Palestine there were out there. Well, you know, their soccer team. Yeah, big, yeah. big That's, stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm a little, I don't know, I'm a little surprised by this. I've also found it kind of weird. You know, there's been other wars in the Middle East where people were getting killed. You know what I was thinking about last night? Yeah, let's go on to what it, you were thinking about.
1: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this whole thing last
0: night. Yeah, I was was too. We'll talk about that after. I was thinking about just the
1: inconsistency and like the illogic of leftist, like hardcore leftists, especially, Mm. you know, like they, they would, they call Trump a Nazi, (laughs) even though he wasn't. Now I'm not saying he was a good president. Some of his policies were good and some of them were terrible. Dude, on
0: on top of that, if you you were to criticize George Soros, like three months ago, you were anti-Semitic. Yeah. You know, you hated Jews. Exactly. (laughs) But then they're,
1: they're all buddy buddies with Palestine. Yeah. Who, and Hamas, Mm -hmm, essentially, mm -hmm. who literally wants to exterminate Jews. Yeah. Then they also want to back literal Nazis in Ukraine.
0: It's almost like, it's
1: like, there's no, (laughs) what is happening? How can, I just don't understand how you can go to bed at night and you're having these thoughts and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that all makes sense. mm -hmm. Yeah. Trump's a Nazi and I hate Nazis, but I'll. I'll make sure I want my president to send money to Nazis. But Some Nazis are good. Yeah. Cause they're fighting the most evil person in the world. Putin. Mm-hmm.
0: Who was evil because he helped Trump win the 2016 yeah. election. Who's a Nazi. Who's a Nazi. So you want to give money right. to Nazis to fight yeah. that for sure. But
1: then t- Hamas who wants to also exterminate Jews.
0: Mm. Um, he's fine. Totally they're fine. They're fine. i sorry. He there. Do you want to know why? It's, it's so weird. I didn't. I didn't expect this conversation this early. I actually expected it in like ten minutes, but it's fine. Let's do it right now. It's because the left sees the world through the lens of a power struggle. It's a power dynamic. It's why they can do things like what I was. What I just pulled up earlier. It's why you can see things like this, uh, where there's a Queers for Palestine protest in in New York City and. People can be okay with that. Do you know know? what they're
1: chanting? From the river to the sea, Mm. Palestine will be free. Yeah. Or something like that. And that literally means all of Israel. Yeah, that means no. From the Jordanian River all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. Like literally no Israel.
0: But they're not saying they're going to kill all of them. They're just going to put them in trains and ship them to other places. (laughs) To greener pastures. They'll be fine. Yeah. So. Yep. (laughs) It's the pasture smell. No, the the um, oppressor versus the oppressed. The oppressor versus the victim is how they see the world, and it's why you can have such conflicting ideas on different subjects. Like it's okay to give money to Nazis in Ukraine because the oppressor is Russia, who is attacking Ukraine, trying to take Ukraine. So therefore, there is a victim class that needs our money, and when you look at Israel or the. Zionist movement in Palestine where they are the ones who push people off of their land most recently. And these are the people that are huddled together in the little 25 mile strip and, and uh, have terrible lives. And so they're the, they're the victims in the situation. The oppressors are Israel. And that doesn't mean you have to hate Jews. It just means that these specific Jews are oppressors. And so it's okay to hate them. It's also why you can see things like this that I pulled up for later which is the Queers for Palestine rally.
1: I just, it's so funny because I see like um, actual leftists that are actual Jews mm. who are now like they're out there saying like, Hey guys, you know, if people who want to like kill Jews just for being Jews, like that's not right. Mm. You know, but I'm like, you were just calling Trump a Nazi a year ago. Yeah, it is really weird. Actually a few months ago when he got arrested, you were all excited that a Nazi was going to go to jail.
0: It's because of the philosophy of oppressor versus oppressed. But And then a
1: few months before that, you were saying we needed to send money to Nazis in Ukraine to fight mm-hmm,
0: Putin. Mm-hmm. And, and you're a Jew. Yeah. Like it, an actual one. And how does that work in your head? The way you feel right now is how it feels when you're being gaslit. I know. And <laughs> what you're actually getting from the left all the time is projection. Yeah. And so that's... That is that is the problem that we're dealing with right now in the world. There is no coherent philosophy or principle behind all. There is a philosophy. It's the oppressor philosophy. But this is uh,
1: why truth, this is why we talk about truth and logical consistency and principles. Because mm-hmm. they matter. It's a framework from which you can view the wor- world that makes a coherent argument for, let's say, morality. Right? so yeah. you can approach these situations and not do stupid stuff like this
0: yeah so the it, we don't have to have like a sound we see what they're doing genocide. queer rights
2: trans rights we say not a genocide, genocide. We're right.
0: so you get something do you like realize? this so in in gaza it's illegal to be gay in gaza they'll you'll, they'll put you in prison for up to 10 years and in some cases they'll they'll lock you up and torture you and things like that. I was reading this article earlier uh, about this gay man who gay man who fled Gaza and uh, was talking about the things that he went through uh, being gay in Gaza. His dad was actually a member of Hamas. He said they put me in a tiny r- in seventeen at seventeen when he was caught having sex with his boyfriend. They imprisoned him for three days, put him in a tiny room that was two by two meters, wouldn't let him sleep or go to the bathroom. There was no food. They would torture me so badly sometimes. They'd tie my feet up, beat them with a stick. After that, every few years, they would arrest me and torture me in the same way. Um, over the course of five years, Abdul said Hamas would kidnap him off the streets, torture him, and then release him. Finally, at 22, they let him go for the last time. And so you hear a story like this. He was forced to take an oath
1: on the Koran oh, that yeah. he wouldn't be gay again.
0: Yeah. Conversion therapy. <laughs> yes, so you hear a story like this and you think, well, in our country, like if if you're not fully behind, I don't know, gay people getting married. Or like if you don't like it when a drag queen uh, flops his wiener in front of a kid, then you're like an anti- gay, bigot, homophobe, mm-hmm. and that, a Nazi. You're a Nazi at that yes, time, exactly, es- essentially. And so you must be eradicated here in the U.S. But if you're in the U.S. and you're supporting someone who is a member of a victim class who's being oppressed by another state, then it doesn't matter. That Even if they hate your like, entire group. If you were to go there, they would put you in a cage and literally torture you for being who you are. It's not just that they would... Uh, remove a book from the school library or something like that. Like they would actually torture you. You can support those people because in this specific scenario, they're a victim. You see how weird that is? It's
1: it's so ridiculous. It's very,
0: it's very strange stuff. Yeah, It makes me want to give up. Now, <laughs> now I wouldn't go that far. Well, okay, but you know.
1: can't even have conversations with these folks. Most I know. of the time. I know. And so you're just like, I can't make it make sense because it doesn't. You know, the other part. And then I feel it almost creates like this anxiety because I'm <laughs> like, how is it even possible? Again, for me, it goes to simple math. You're trying to say like two plus two equals five. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back to Animal Farm, 1984. Animal Farm or
0: 1984, yeah. which are, I guess 1984. 1984 maybe for that one. would sure. be the actual... Two plus two equals
1: five. So, it's and it's just like it's so mind-boggling. It's it's so I can't even put words to it.
0: The the deeper the extension of that, if you go even further, that we've already talked about on this show is remember the live group. By the way, is talking about baseball.
1: Yeah, (laughs) join join the Fed haters club. So they want to know if Arizona. Or Philadelphia is going to play Texas, who won handedly last night.
0: So Not that Texas, the other Texas. Yeah, not Houston. Yeah, yeah the Dallas. Texas. Yeah, The Dallas Rangers. The Dallas Texas Rangers. Finally a good team in Dallas. You know? <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. No, if you go further than that, uh, remember the basis of this problem has to do with the land. And if you go really far back in time, you see that the, the, the land was Israel. You, and go if you go to,
1: back to the land before time. Yeah. It belonged to the dinosaurs.
0: dinosaurs and they are the rightful heirs of this land. But then the, it was Israel. Okay. And then it was Palestine or Palestina or whatever they called it, it was taken from the, uh, from, from the Jews from, from Israel. And then it was given back in 1947 and there were people that were pushed off the land and resettled stuff like that. So in supporting Israel keeping this as the rightful heirs to this land, you would also, by my analogy or estimation, have to support the idea that the UN could say that the Native Americans could have uh, whatever spot in America or, or America if they wanted it, and that we'd have to go with that. Because if you go back really far in time, that's the people that it belonged to. Now, it's not written down in a, in a book, that billions of people read all over the world, but I I think you could probably prove that that was the case. But that's the side that, like, the right believes in the Israel debate. The side the left believes is that the people that were originally on the land do not have rights to that land, that it's the people that then came after them. They flip-flopped. And they're getting pushed off. And so then they would take the opposite side of the debate when you take the Native American Conversation. Yeah. And what it then boils down to once again is who was the victim and who is the oppressor. And that is what decides the argument. But that's very have weird. Jews
1: never been victims. Sure. Sure they but have. But only to Nazis.
0: Yeah, only to Nazis. It's, never uh, anywhere else in the entire <laughs> world, just to Nazis. That's it. Uh-huh. And so that's why you would hate the Nazis really bad and not want to ever say anything anti Semitic unless you were talking about uh, Jews in Israel. And I don't want to say that every time you talk about uh, Jews in Israel or Israel, that that's anti-Semitic. You could say that that's uh, anti-Zionism or or whatever the movement was to, to move people uh, back to Israel. I think you could be anti that and still not hate Jews as people, but people in Gaza, Hamas, they hate Jews. Like they, they, they kind of hate Jews. seems to be the thing. <laughs> they
1: actually wrote it down. It
0: seems, yeah, they wrote it.
1: In their journal. <laughs> I hate Jews. Like, I don't it's, know. My thing was, I was thinking like, okay, when the last time that someone or a group of people wanted to like exterminate an entire group of people, the same people, mm-hmm, Jews. Same people. That led to
0: World War II. Mm-hmm. So. Is it going to lead to World War III? I have a feeling. You think? Yeah, let's talk about uh, free speech here for a second. Ron uh out here. Ron Death Santis uh, was talking about some of the people that are protesting. I want to see what people think about this. Here's Ron. And I think
1: what this terrorist attack in Israel has shown us is we're vulnerable from all the people that have come illegally because they have come from Iran too. It's not just Mexico, Central America, Russia, China, Middle East, all that stuff. But I think what we also saw, when the blood wasn't even dry on the Israelis who had been massacred, you had people in America going out protesting in favor of Hamas. And that's like very chilling. Some of these people are not U.S. citizens. They're student visas. So as president and if you're on a student visa and you're a foreigner and you're out there celebrating terrorism i'm canceling your visa
0: and i'm sending you home all right so president ronda santos is going to cancel your student visa <laughs> if you are protesting in favor of hamas now you'd have to be very specific are you protesting in favor of hamas and the things that happen there are you protesting in favor of palestine uh, getting all of its land back are you in what way are you protesting? Is that river to the sea in a very violent way? Or are you going to ask everyone to move, kindly move in trains or whatever Away. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways that you could uh, discuss this topic. And I think it is a lot more complicated than a lot of people will allow mm-hmm. it to be. Like yep. we, we are talking about something that was less than a hundred years ago, uh, just starting basically a new state and moving people out of the way. You know, I've, I do believe it's more complicated than than everyone's given it credit. But anyway, I disagree with Ron DeSantis on this. I do think that you have the freedom of speech to protest or to chant, to do whatever in favor of whatever it is that you want to do. And there is a very tricky line here because you could say, well, you're protesting in favor of a terrorist group that killed civilians. I've seen a lot of people that support the U.S. government, you know, And yeah. so that, that's that a tricky. S- a lot of innocent yeah. civilians. It's a tricky situation there. Now we do it in a sleeker, smoother, you know, cooler way than Very everyone else does with American mm-hmm. flags and stuff. You yeah, know? we use planes and bombs and and stuff like that. I got cool uniforms and all that. You can see the flyovers over stadiums mm-hmm. at football games. Yeah, and you got
1: parachuters come down in the in the stadium.
0: I, I believe that you can have whatever beliefs you want to have, as long as you personally have not hurt people or taken their stuff. Do you know we actually okay. go
1: over to London to play football games? <laughs> T
0: W says Lee Greenwood plays yeah. the time, but we
1: we actually go over to London, England, and play football
0: games, American football, and sing the national anthem, <laughs> our national anthem over there that's which is about freedom from ironic as that the uk it's pretty crazy we see it's kind of weird on their land (laughs) awkward i
1: know (laughs) that's how badass america is
0: oh man it's like having your (laughs) wedding in your in your ex-wife's backyard you know (laughs) (laughs) it's weird stuff (laughs) oh man okay uh speaking of the civilians and stuff like that um I guess we can get on a little bit of track here.
1: From what, well, I was going to say though, real no, quick good. about I'm, this. I'm is that, yeah, you, I mean, you had their their freedom of speech is a natural right. Some people in the in the group are saying, "Well, technically, it's only Americans." Well, that's not true. Actually, the Supreme Court has held up that visitors have the same
0: rights. I think people on visas are protected by. Our uh, yeah. amendments as but well, also but also
1: as libertarians, yeah. you have to believe, or people who are liberty-minded, you have to or you believe. You should believe. You should that we have natural rights, and yeah. the natural right to speak
0: freely uh, should not be hindered. And I don't care; they're not given if, to us by the government. So the people that are here, even if they're not American citizens, we believe that they have those rights. Now, whether or not our government decides to protect that right, that's on the government, but they do have those rights just like we do. We're just in a government that says that they're going to protect those rights, yeah. allegedly. And you can
1: think that what people are saying is stupid. That's mm. fine. Call them out for it. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's
0: dumb. You can make a better argument if make, you wanted exactly. to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I disagree with... There's people that support socialism. They have rallies and stuff, and they, they rally for an ideology... That has killed a hundred million people minimum around the globe, the, and it will lead to your to 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 your property being stolen, taken from you. And there's people who even support the IRS, <laughs> who takes your money away from you under under and the sends threat it to of Nazis death. in Ukraine. Yeah, they take it and send send it to actual Nazis over there. They even send it to Israel, and then we celebrate America. Yeah, they they support the IRS who takes your money and sends it to Israel, who's committing a genocide against the people in Gaza. Who want to kill Jews. According to these. God, it all comes back to the Jews. That's the thing. You know, the Babylon Bee had this article that it said, like uh, Ilhan Omar uh, said that we, uh, I can't remember how they worded it, but we could stop anti-Semitism semitism if we could just get rid of all the jews yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah. which is a joke by the way it is a joke we love jews yeah. and it's from the babylon Bee. yeah it's satire mm-hmm. um speaking of uh, some of the civilian stuff while we're talking about that uh obama he was the president for for eight years he was our first half black president obama urges israel to minimize civilian casualties in the war with hamas Something he was keen on with his drone strikes. Yeah. So I made this meme last night. I thought it was, um, I thought it was pretty funny. It's the guy. I just searched a guy with hands on his hips meme. <laughs> and so the picture came up and uh, it didn't do well on our page, but it got yanked by a bigger page within 10 minutes of me posting it and did really well on their page. And you forgot so, the watermark it. Oh, I put right there on the sleeve. Oh, look at that good AM Liberty there right there on the sleeve. <laughs> There it is. So it's the guy with the hands on his hips, but and I didn't see it. I know, which means it wasn't big enough. Around it said, but at least I know that it was, uh, that it it was our meme. Around the guy's head, it says Pakistan, Yemen, Libya, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, and they're like, "What you talking about?" Mm-hmm. You know, minimizing civilian casualties. There's could've an added, article. Added a, Panama. If you want to go to, uh, if you want to go to an article. Uh, In here, from the Washington Post, Obama urges Israel to minimize civilian casualties. Now, he's right. I I do want to say he's right about this. Mm -hmm. And that maybe he learned some lessons. He learned a thing or two because he saw a thing or two while he was president. And he has said that Libya was one of his biggest mistakes as president, that they didn't think about what was going to happen after Gaddafi uh God, well radio stuff never mind uh, after Gaddafi was was uh, removed from power they didn't think mm. about what was going to happen after that so a lot of people died he just let like, run free turned into a terrorist civil war mm-hmm. hellscape out there all right we're going to continue this conversation about obama maybe getting something right when it comes to israel however hypocritical it is uh also we'll be talking about Other items and news coming up on the second segment today. Make sure you follow our daily podcast, Good Morning Liberty. Go to goodmorningliberty.us, go to BurningLies.com, Or you can find us on Liberty at night.
3: The crimes of the state. Eleutheromania.
0: Okay, on Liberty Night, before the break, we were talking about Obama's epiphany on preventing civilian casualties. So Let's get into that article. Go ahead, Charlie.
1: Alright, from the WAPO. Former President Barack Obama on Monday spoke out about the uh, Israel-Hamas conflict, warning that Israel strikes against Gaza could backfire. So Because he knows a lot about mm-hmm. backfire, too. Blowback. He's,
0: in, he's right about that. Yeah. He is. This is a little bit of the pot calling the kettle half black (laughs) yeah can you
1: say that sure in a medium post published on monday which is just a blog um medium medium it's a medium yeah Uh, obama spoke out about the ongoing situation in gaza to start he reaffirmed his past comments supporting israel's rights to defend itself from the likes of hamas and expressed support of president joe biden's response to the situation Quote, as I stated in an earlier post, (laughs) Israel has a right to defend its (laughs) citizens against such wanton violence, and I fully support President Biden's call for the United States to support our longtime ally in going after Hamas, dismantling its military capabilities and facilitating the safe return of hundreds of hostages to their families. Despite that, the former president added that how Israel uh, prosecutes this fight against Hamas matters and urge that the country abide by international laws that seek to avoid to every extent possible the death or suffering of civilian populations, lest its efforts backfire quote. The world is watching closely as events in the region unfold and any Israeli military strategy that ignores the human costs could ultimately backfire already. Thousands of Palestinians have been killed in the bombing of Gaza, many of them children. Hundreds of thousands have been forced from their homes. Weird.
0: Mm. Mm. He's, he con- he's always cared about that, I bet. Yeah.
1: He continued, the, the, the Israeli government's decision to cut off food, water, and electricity to a captive civilian population threatens not only to worsen a growing humanitarian crisis, it could further harden Palestinian attitudes for generations, erode global support for Israel, play into the hands of Israel uh, Israel's enemies and undermine long-term efforts to achieve peace and stability in the region. All of that is correct. He's he's right about all that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially is. cutting off the water and the electricity and yeah, things yeah. of that nature. Um I get you're trying to choke out the enemy, but at the same time there's a lot of innocent Actually, it's mostly innocent bystanders. Probably
0: mostly innocent people.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. who are I mean, you're just going to imagine just you have to and see, this is where people who, people who lack empathy can't do this. But if you have an any type of empathy at all, mm-hmm. you can just imagine yourself living in Gaza, and you have a family, and you you love Jews. Mm-hmm. Jews love you, and you go back and forth to Israel, and your your friend your your, your kids are friends with Jew kids, and <laughs> everybody gets along nicely, and you want nothing to do with. What Hamas is doing. Yeah. And then Israel decides to cut off your your electricity and your water and you got bombs dropping everywhere. You're trying to hold your children tight. Tell them it's going to be okay, even though in your mind, you know, like you, you're full of fear too. Mm -hmm. Just imagine yourself as a dad or mom, right? And then you can't feed your children. You can't cook any food. There's no electricity. There's no running water. You're getting sick one of your kids dies in, a, in an Israeli bomb. What, what are you going to think? What are you going to think?
0: I bet you'd be pretty mad. Yes. Even if you, even if you agreed, you could even agree that Israel had a right to defend itself, but you might not agree that they, that your kid died and you're upset. You know, you might not agree with your kid died in that scenario, I would say. Mm-hmm. So like we said, I mean, Obama is totally right about this and, and it's it's not that this is easy for Israel to to fix here. I don't think there is a solution to to this problem. Personally, uh, not not really. Anyway, uh, until this whole that with the land dispute in the middle of this, there's not really a solution.
1: I don't I don't problem. understand how you. I mean, why can't they? Why can't war? Why haven't we not evolved war to a place where we could? Stealthily go after oh, people. I'm so good at this. Stealthily go after yeah. people. <laughs> Why have we not created that yet? I think. That Why we, do we have to drop bombs that could potentially kill thousands of people who want no part of this?
0: I think a lot of times it's because you are trying to kill more people than just the people who perpetrated the actual crime in Israel. Like just getting those people might not scare off everyone else in the future. And so you do want to see, you do want to lay waste to the area and warn people off that, you know, never do this again. But I think Obama's right. And is that
1: what America did by dropping the nukes on
0: Japan? I think that that's what we do. We scared off a lot of people with that, uh, for sure. And I'm not even sure, you know, we can debate whether or not it was entirely necessary at that time. But I think that we probably won some future wars by doing that, and that might have been. Uh, some of the reasoning behind it. But um, Obama's right about the fact that you can harden people's resolve. And that's what we've been talking about. Like, I want Israel to win this fight. I want there to be peace out there. I want them to be able to stop dropping bombs and for Gaza to not launch rockets at them afterwards. Because if Israel starts shooting, it's not that it's not like Hamas is going to stop shooting at that time. I want there to actually be peace over there. But I don't think that this is the way because I think, as we've said now numerous times, that there will be more Hamas terrorists after this than there were beforehand because there are a lot of families. The number now allegedly is 5,000 people that have been killed in Gaza. We don't know how many of those people were members of Hamas or or whatever. There were about
1: 1,500 Israelis
0: that were killed. And so eye for an eye. We did an eye for two eyes on this one, from but what imagine, I can tell, and a nose. if
1: Israel went through Gaza and took hostages and was raping and pillaging, like if they did what the Hamas terrorists did. It would be bad. That you're just the same person then? Yeah. Like what, what separates you? That not, they did it
0: first? Not much. Yeah, I guess that they did it first, but I mean, this is just a retaliation for a retaliation at this time. So, I did pull up this article right here because we have been trying to answer this question and I saw I thought this was interesting there's a new elite Israeli unit that they are forming to hunt down every Hamas terrorist involved in that sneak attack on October 7th the day which shall live in infamy an elite unit of Israeli agents has been formed to hunt down every Hamas terrorist involved in the heinous October 7th sneak attack on the Jewish state according to reports these specially selected members of Shin Bet Israel's version of the FBI will function independently from other units targeting high-ranking terrorists. The Jerusalem Post said the new unit will specifically target members of the special Hamas commando group called NUKBA, which is believed to have pulled off the attack that slaughtered hundreds of innocent Israelis along the country's border. Shembet's new unit will use intelligence as well as agents in the field to hunt down the estimated 2,500 terrorists involved in the attack. That's a lot of terrorists. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of people. You know, we had. But wait till there's ten thousand. We had like playing card. We had like playing card decks of people that we were looking for in the countries, and even if you got the jokers in there, you know, there's not twenty five hundred cards in a, in a deck of cards. Yeah, and we killed over a million people. <laughs> we killed a lot of people to get out like there. Twenty five. Lost a lot of good men out there. Okay, but if they can create this elite unit that's going to go in, maybe they go in undercover. Maybe they sneak in there all sneakily, and they kill these people. Without killing a bunch of civilians at the same time, maybe that would be even better. But then I question is it really about just killing these people or is it about sending a message? Because, I mean, you send the message that we hunted you down and killed you, but you don't send the message of, look at all these buildings that are destroyed, you know, at the same time. So I don't know which one is it. I I just love the Fed Haters Club, by the way. So
1: go to joingml.com or don't. I don't care if you do, Um, or Godhatesfeds.com or don't. I don't care if you do, but it's <laughs> it's funny. T Dub says that uh, Nukva, or what would you say, Nukva, 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 nukba sounds like a brand of fancy butter. I would I, buy, would I would happen to agree. I would buy that.
0: Yeah, that butter instead of that Irish butter stuff. I'm gonna get me some yeah. Arab butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's way better. way butter. <laughs> way butter, man. Man, I tell you what. <laughs> Anyhow, those are my thoughts on the matter. Yeah. We'll see. And it ends in a butter conversation. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we end the conversation. <laughs> you see how important it is for people to be in the Fed Haters Club? Death. Because we just would have ended war, with something that we weren't laughing about. And now we get to end talking about fancy butter. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to this editor's note from the New York Times. Remember, uh, misinformation has been surging on Twitter. <laughs> Ron X. Yeah. Uh, but do they also. Still,
1: are they still. Do they still not have their blue check mark?
0: I haven't looked. I haven't (laughs) looked, actually. That'd be good to know. Yeah. Um, The editor's note about the Gaza hospital coverage from the New York Times. This was so important that they printed it on page 15 in their actual paper, if you want to find it. The New York Times published news of an explosion at a hospital in Gaza City, leading its coverage with claims by Hamas government officials that an Israeli airstrike was the cause and that hundreds of people were dead or injured. The report included a large headline at the top of the Times' website. Israel subsequently denied being at fault and blamed an errant rocket launched by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which has in turn denied responsibility. American and other international officials have said their evidence indicates that the rocket came from Palestinian fighter positions. The Times' initial accounts attributed the claim of Israeli responsibility to Palestinian officials and noted that the Israeli military said it was investigating the blast, however, The early versions of the coverage and the prominence it received in the headline, news alert, and social media channels relied too heavily on claims by Hamas and did not make clear that those claims could not immediately be be verified. The report left readers with an incorrect impression about what was known and how credible the account was. This is a rare time. This could have been a white pill, I guess, if it weren't so gall destructive. This is a rare time where the New York Times comes out and says, hey, we were wrong. And we didn't really clarify that we could have been wrong at the time and that we were literally reporting based off of information given to us by Hamas. And that is the reports that we were putting out and that all the other papers were putting out. The Times continued to update its coverage as more information became available, reporting to the speed of claims of responsibility and noting that the death toll might be lower than initially reported See, when you say they reported the disputed claims, that means that they're still anchoring on the initial claim made by Hamas. And then you say, well, this is the claim made by Hamas. Israel disputes this claim. You don't say there was an explosion in a parking lot at the hospital. There was an explosion somewhere in Gaza. In fact, we don't really know where because we're not right there on the ground. There was an explosion. Uh, Hamas says that Israel did it and Israel says that uh islamic jihad did it and we just want to let you know that there was an explosion and some people might be dead we don't know how many and as soon as we find out yeah we'll let you know and we'll let you know as soon as the sun comes up and we can clearly see what's happening we'll let you know what's going on mm. but that is not a viral headline that was too long of a headline yeah you know
1: That was a really long headline. I know. I know. And so they went with that's why you don't write headlines.
0: They went with the shorter headline of Israel blows up hospital and kills 500 people instantaneously. Yeah, that was a much shorter headline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Got a lot more clicks. (laughs) Now, listen, I it's totally possible that Israel could blow up a hospital. They blew up a, uh, a church, blew up a really old church that people were sheltering in. And they said that it was a mistake. They didn't mean to hit the church. They were trying to hit a place that was close to the church. In fact, a couple of uh, Justin Amash's family members were killed in that uh, church strike. I saw him post about it. Um, So it's not that they wouldn't hit a target like that. So, yeah, sure, it's possible. Very possible. Given the sensitive nature of the news during a widening conflict and the prominent promotion (laughs) it received, Times editors should have taken more care with the initial presentation and been more explicit about what information could be verified. Newsroom leaders continue to examine procedures around the biggest breaking news events, including for the use of the largest headlines in the digital report, to determine what additional safeguards may be warranted. Now, click here so we can tell you about misinformation put out by Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not what it was. Yeah, they did print this. By the way, this is like a this is a thing that has caused more protests all around the world. It caused riots. It caused violence at embassies Are all you around saying the that world they incited violence i'm not going to say incite. well i can't i know it's a joke but i guess actually it's a good time to say no because they didn't say go do this thing go riot go go commit violence at but embassies they would argue <laughs> they would argue yes
1: other people <laughs> participate in misinformation that it would incite
0: they would yeah by their by their standards yes by our standards by the truth no right. ir- ironically mm.
1: it's very isn't, very confusing isn't that,
0: Times. isn't that the special so this was isn't, like isn't I said that the special this was so important it came out in an editor's note with no photo so when you post it it looks like nothing and they printed it on page 15 of the actual New York Times so not that anyone actually reads that but I guess people in New York might read it when they're wiping up poop on the subway or something like that I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people do with that paper. People get physical you
1: know? paper still. Is that a thing? I
0: think they do. Some people. You know,
1: I saw a physical paper on like my driveway 000. last week. Yeah, it must have been a paper boy mm-hmm. running around
0: or girl. These days, you could have, even have paper girls or a non-binary. We get your paper later, and it doesn't make it all the way up to the doorstep. But it's, sure, could have been a non-binary. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: could have could have been. I can't think of what they're called now. <laughs> Who, Who knows? For the kids that identify it is, as animals. That's wrong
0: what furries furries it could have been a furry yeah (laughs) a a paper furry all right let's keep going backwards (laughs) in the news stories today and we've only got six minutes left for this here recording i did want to i guess we can just comment on the election in argentina javier mile came in second place which was a bit of a surprise he was polling pretty easily in first place he came in first place in the primaries Isn't also this weird it it's weird mm-hmm. sure sure uh that's that's possible but um also i
1: don't understand how unbiased news places these labels on people what label what are you talking about far right far right candidate far right candidate heads to run off an argentina election in fact, you can look in fact, he's not only far right, he's a far right
0: libertarian.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that a thing?
0: Sure. Sure. I guess so. It depends on how you're counting that. Maybe on cultural issues. I'm not I'm not really sure. Do we have
1: far left libertarians?
0: One of the important things to take from this is that even if you're just a pretty good libertarian purist, especially I mean, on economics, the guy is is really good for sure. Uh, they're going to label you far right. And we've made this point to, you know, the Libertarian Party had kind of this shakeup against left Libertarians and right Libertarians and some of the people on the left, the more professional Washington Libertarians uh, were worried about things that people say, like things like maybe what Dave Smith says or what other Libertarians might say that could end up with bad headlines, you know, and make people not like you anymore. And so the idea was, well, they're all soured on Republicans. Look at all the look at all the speak out there of Republicans, but libertarians still have a chance if we just tow this line, walk this tightrope, you know, we can walk in there as the party that no one hates. And the truth of the matter is, no one hates you because they don't know that you exist. And as soon as they see you as a formidable force that they have to fight against, they're gonna label you as a far-right white supremacist Mm -hmm. Nazi organization uh, just because of some, just because you want to cut taxes essentially, because disproportionately some of those taxes might help minorities. And therefore, if you want to cut taxes, then you're probably a Nazi and that's, what's going to happen to libertarians. Mm -hmm. So that whole argument that we wanted to stay on the good side of people's minds when it came to how much they hated Republicans or Democrats. The only reason that exists is because no one cares about the libertarian party.
1: I think T-Dub makes a good point here in the, in the Fed Haters Club. Join gmail.com. <clears throat> After leading in the polls for months, Javier Mille, I'm going to get to that, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that so part. That's, that's yep. A far-right libertarian economist tumbled to second place in Argentina's presidential election on Sunday, sending him to a runoff next month that will be an important test of strength for the global far-right <laughs> movement. How strong is this far-right movement? <sighs> Mr. Mille will face off against Sergio Massa. Argentina's center. Can we left- call him?
0: Can we call him Massa? From now on, Massa. I know it's Massa. I know, but since with given his policies, I would like to call him Massa. Massiga, yeah,
1: Mass <laughs> ga. Argentina's center-left economy minister, who finished a surprise first Sunday surprise, and who will now try to persuade voters that he can save the nation of forty-six million from the economic turmoil that his government helped create. Now, this is kind of a cool runoff, I think, for Miele, um because obviously he'll be able to campaign against the guy who perpetrated 120%
0: yeah. inflation. Well, it, and he has been. And
1: it's, that's what, let me finish this real quick. That's what T-Dub said here, lost to their finance minister. It says economy minister, probably same thing. They're at 100% inflation. They are putting their hopes in the current
0: finance minister. Literally the guy who's it's, ministering the economy. Into the ground. And he's the one who came out first in the election. Yeah. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. yeah, Costco said they label him center left. <laughs> yeah. Of course.
1: So Mr uh Mr. Massaga <laughs> Magaasa Magaasa. hmm He earned thirty six point six percent of the vote to Melee's thirty percent. That's what ninety eight percent of the votes counted. The candidates need to surpass 45% or 40 with a 10-point margin, so it's still pretty
0: close. It is, and the person who got 24% of the vote, I believe, is also a more right-wing. If if you were to look at it like with our politics, you could say there was a Republican, a Democrat, and a Libertarian mm. running in the election. The Democrat is the one that came out with thirty six percent. The Libertarian came out with thirty, and the Republican came out with twenty four. So he was stealing votes from <clears throat> Mila. <melee>. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: If he wouldn't have been in the race to steal votes, I mean.
0: And so, in this case, if if melee can pull some of those twenty four percent, more of the twenty four percent than the other than the other guy can, uh, or girl actually, I think no guy. Sorry, <laughs> the uh, girl is the one who lost, of course.
1: Now, under Massa's—it's Massa, but <laughs> Massa's—under his leadership as the economy minister, let's see what's happened to Argentina. Um, so it talks down. I'm skipping down here. It says that uh, Mille's plans have gained traction with millions of Argentines as the nation grapples with its worst economic crisis in decades. And this, th- by the way, this this Massa guy has been in the government for about 20 years Mm -hmm. okay yes so the nation grapples with its worst economic crisis in decades poverty is rising annual inflation is nearing 140 percent and the value of the peso is plummeting in april 2020 the start of the pandemic one dollar bought 80 pesos um ahead of the vote one dollar bought 1200 pesos Ouch.
0: That's not good.
2: Mm. Mm-mm.
1: No, talk about the grocery bill going up. It's going up fast. Yeah. Quote, "We are facing a criminal organization that won't stop committing atrocities to stay in power," Mr. Mille told supporters on Sunday night, referring to Mr. Massa's coalition. Mille has also attracted the uh, attracted attention in Argentina and abroad for his uh bellicose political style that has drawn comparisons, which he has embraced, to Trump. And Bolsonaro, Jair Bolsonaro, Brazil's former president. Melee has delivered harsh, often profane attacks against the press. His rivals, fake news, (laughs) but in Spanish. Yes. Yeah. His rivals and foreign leaders called for looser gun regulations. And in a recent interview with former Fox news host, Tucker Carlson called climate change part of quote, the socialist agenda. That is harsh. That is a crime and profane. Mm hmm exactly
0: very far right yeah so, anyway we don't have to keep going because we're out of time anyway but
1: we're out of radio time
0: yeah mm. the more time we go the That's more why time you should
1: go listen to the podcast
0: you should if you're on the radio go listen to the podcast if you're on a podcast you should go listen to the radio go back and forth just turn on your radio right now see if you can match them up actually yeah you know keep it playing until you keep hear the radio voices. playing
1: and then skip up you know in the podcast and see if you can match them up <laughs> that's true autism
0: well the uh, the runoff election should be very exciting i'm sure there will be uh claims of voter fraud and whatever all that stuff so it should be a really exciting time should be a yep. fun time all right, coming up, we're going to talk about some Israel and Gaza mess, and then we're going to do Dumb Leap of the Week as well. Go to BernieLies.com in your browser to find links to our show, Liberty at Night.
5: This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases. But Dash continues to have fees less than $0.01 per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible, and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their ChainLocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
6: Free Talk Live.
0: What's up, everyone? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at dash.org. And a big thanks to Dash Dow for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about dash dash.org. Well, last week there was this uproar over this alleged hospital bombing in Gaza. And I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk to you about that live tonight, but The day after that, of course, there was a lot of confusion the night of, I thought we were about to go into World War III immediately. And of course, sorry for any innocents that were killed. But a lot of media organizations just ran with the narrative, spewed Hamas's propaganda, and there were a lot of protests and riots as a result. And a lot of people likely will never know what the actual truth of the matter is. I wanted to play for you what our reaction was the morning after in determining what actually happened. This is how you should do it. I am pumped today. I know one thing I'm going to listen to today, though, is going to be Ben Shapiro's episode later on. Because oh. the events from yesterday and overnight and this morning are going to be fun to hear him go off about. I think it's going to be interesting. I'm still trying to figure yeah. out what happened. I know. I'm going to tell you what happened. Yesterday, I
1: was not privy to any news. I wasn't on X. I have, I, you know... That's
0: been my life lately. I saw about it. I saw it first on X. People posting about it, and I uh, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to go watch the news." And so I was scrolling through, just rotating through different news channels. And it's funny if you can always you can always watch BBC America pretty much because Fox and CNN will have basically the same uh, diabetes medication commercial playing for like eight minutes between segments. And so you can have time to go look at other news channels during that time. And BBC is almost, I think, like never on commercial pretty much, which leads to a lot of people coming on and saying dumb things. That's a problem with the news these days. You know, it's 24 hour news cycle. And um, I liked it better when it was half a hour for the news cycle. But now it's 24 hours, which means that they got to talk about stuff all the time. Well, let's talk about this hospital bombing. Now, I will start with the story. Here's the story that I saw on X to begin with yesterday. And then I heard parroted on the news for hours and hours. And I watched quite a bit of news yesterday. The story was that there was a bomb, a missile hit a hospital in Gaza which was not only a place where people were going that were sick and injured and getting taken care of, but also a place where people were were seeking refuge because they thought it was a safe place to go. And there were upwards of 5,000 people at this hospital. And immediately after this bombing takes place, the number that is sent out right afterwards from Palestine or Hamas, as it's known because that's their government, the number that's thrown out is that there are five hundred dead Palestinians, including doctors and kids and different patients at the hospital, and that's terrible. It's that I mean, do you agree that yeah. bombing a hospital is awful? This I don't is, I don't like it.
1: This is from Rashida Talib too.
0: Yes, yeah, so this is a good example of what you saw going around on Twitter X yesterday. Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing five hundred Palestinians, doctors, children, patients, just like that. POTUS thinks this is, POTUS, this is what happens when you refuse to facilitate a ceasefire and help deescalate. Your war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans like me, we will remember where you stood. And so you can scroll through tons and tons of posts on Twitter. You You can watch the news at this time and just see everyone very, very angry about this bombing that took place. I thought that World War III was officially about to start because this at least seemed confirmed that this hospital was hit by a missile and that all these people died. I assumed the death toll was a whole lot higher than 500, that that was just their initial estimates, but that they were going to find that more people uh, were in fact killed by this. I was watching BBC. They had a, an eyewitness account of this attack on the hospital. Whoa. This eyewitness who BBC played multiple times throughout the night after doing the initial interview said that he, that there was a F-16 flyover. He said it was an F-16 or an F-35. Does Israel have F-35s? They probably do. Okay. So it was an F, I don't know, F-16 or an F-35 is what he said. Went over and dropped two missiles or bombs on this hospital. He said he saw two Two attacks on the hospital, two missiles come down and hit it. okay? And so this was replayed over and over again. And, of course... Saw it with his own two eyes. Saw it. He was there. He was across from the grounds. He he saw that this happened, and, oh, the humanity and the the devastation. Now, people died, okay? That, that did happen, and it's terrible, and we don't like it when people die, okay? But you do kind of have to dig in just a little bit deeper. Now there were videos going on all over the place. And I mean, this was serious. Allegedly, which hang on real quick before we move on. Just what
1: she said here, I think is important. mm -hmm. Okay. At the end here, she said your war and destruction. She's calling out the president for not de-escalating and all this stuff, but she's saying your war and destruction only uh, approach war and destruction only should be
0: hyphenated. Those are all the same
1: war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many palestinian americans and muslim americans like me
0: we will remember where you stood now he does kind of have a war and destruction only approach i mean been unwilling to say talk with russia and try to talk this thing out when it comes to ukraine and i mean she's not entirely wrong about the president any president's general approach when it comes to war Uh, so i wouldn't but the whole we will remember where you stood thing yeah this is what we talked about, what we've been talking about, like you, uh, you cut the head off one terrorist, you create seven more. Mm-hmm. I even heard someone on Fox News earlier say that Israel knows that every time you kill one terrorist, you create 10 more it was the number that, that he now. said out there. So with inflation, oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's what's having mm-hmm. you devalued the <laughs> yeah. terrorist. And then so, the live
1: group, I, you know, I have the same question. They want to know how it's Trump's fault.
0: Oh, it's all Trump's fault. Yeah. We know that. That's, okay. Now, then you also had uh, stuff like this. Let me go to Scott Horton's page. I'll go to the Scott Horton. Now, Scott Horton actually did a good job on this. He just asked if uh, if some Iraq and Afghan vets would chime in. This is a post that says the hospital was hit with a with a very high probability with hit with a very high probability by a J dam bomb. This means it was the Israeli Air Force. This means it was a targeted attack. And what they're using to prove this is this video of the attack. Now, I will say the sound in the video sounds a lot closer to a really big bomb coming through, which makes me question the video itself. The thing is, like, you don't know what to believe in these scenarios. Any of these videos can be old. You have no idea what date the video was actually taken. You don't even know that it was actually a video from Gaza or a video from Israel. Yeah. And that's why you should always wait. That's why you should only trust videos that come from the Ministry of Truth. That's it. Which <laughs> is why we need a Ministry of Truth, and I'm and I'm upset that Biden didn't go through with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's people comparing
1: Hamas. The thing is you have to you have to take in all this information and, and try to discern it and ask good questions like Scott Horton did.
0: They're they're comparing Hamas missile sounds and JDAM sounds and the video. Uh, that was allegedly from yesterday. I don't know.
3: This is a J-DM.
0: And then here is from last night or yesterday in Gaza. There's the hospital. Okay, so those two things sound similar. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar whistle to them. You match them up, they could be the same note as they come in, same frequency as Mm -hmm. they come in, I'm not sure. I don't know if the video could have been doctored, if it was real and this missile happened to be bigger, coming in faster, whatever it was. Uh, But at least a guy like Scott Horton, who is no ally of Israel okay, at, at all, was just asking people to chime in on this. You know what I think about when I see stuff like this
1: is like, it's 2023. We're still, we're still blowing things up. Yeah. I like know. we're still, we're at war. It's a very low tech. I mean, we're not, I guess. Technically we probably have people there, but mm. it's, ah, it's just, it's so wild to me. Cause we live in this bubble as you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, we walk the streets or drive our cars and no one's listening for those whistle sounds.
0: Like, no. No, that's not a thing you know it's not a thing here now here's a video from al jazeera uh, they were recording at the time and this is a video no, i started I'm seeing going sorry. around and we're not going to understand i think anything from this but what you unless you see, speak arabic but what you see is a is a rocket or a missile being launched from gaza and (laughs) it looks like it misfires.
4: Something happens up there. I don't know if it got hit by an Iron Dome thing or whatever it was, but anyway, something
0: happens. It comes down, and then there's the explosion at the hospital down there. So this is also interesting. So last night... I was thinking, well, the big question is going to be who killed all of these people at the hospital? Who destroyed this hospital? This is still terrible, regardless. And it is terrible. I mean, people died, and I'm sure some of them were innocent, you know. Um, so it's still bad. But who was it? You know, are we going to debate this video from Al Jazeera, or is it going to be, you know, Israel's going to release some things. Does that mean that we're not going to trust what Israel releases? Because I don't trust them any more than I really... I mean, I I trust them more than I trust Hamas, I guess. Because, I I don't know. I mean, I think we could clearly say that they're more trustworthy, at least somewhat to somewhat degree, than Hamas would be, right? Uh, But Israel released this alleged recording that they have between two Hamas operatives. And now then, even when Israel releases something like this, you've got to ask yourself, is this, is this, just because they posted this thing and it's an alleged conversation between the Hamas operative number one and number two and they're putting it out and there's, and there's subtitles at the bottom. I break it all the way down to, well, I don't even speak the language. So first off, I don't even trust the subtitles. Okay. (laughs) Like that's how far down I'll go with it. Yeah. And then second, I don't know where this recording came from. Could have been a couple actors that they had record this last night. They and got they it put out it this out. fast, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But here, so, but this is what they put out. They have a recording of two H- Hamas operatives talking. I'm telling you, this is the first time that we see a missile like this falling. And so that's why we were saying it belongs to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. What? They are saying it belongs to Palestinian Islamic Jihad. It's from us? It
6: looks like it? Who says this? They are
0: saying that the shrapnel from the missile is local shrapnel and not like Israeli shrapnel. Who's they? What are you saying? They want, they're they not telling you his name. <laughs> it's anonymous. Yeah. But God bless, it couldn't have found another place to explode. Never mind. Yes, they shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. What? They shot it coming from the cemetery behind the hospital, and it misfired and fell on them. There's a cemetery behind the hospital? And now they just talk back and forth about how this guy didn't know there was a cemetery behind the hospital. Like, oh, Me well, neither. This is the first time i hearing of this. There's a cemetery.
6: Now he's giving them directions to where the
0: cemetery is. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I remember now. Oh, yeah. that cemetery, yeah, I remember that one. So anyway, the end of the video kind of sounds... Um. <laughs> now, I
1: guess, I mean, this is coming from the IDF, so I'm I'm, I'm guessing they might, they pr- probably have tapped some people's cell phones. But I, how do we know that, assume. how do we know that, you know, how do we know that these are actual?
0: The sound from the video, the sound from the video, if you believe that that video is real and that it hasn't been doctored and that people haven't just taken the sound from a JDAM video and put it in the sound of that video, sounds like one of those JDAM videos I saw. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even know for sure that that was a JDAM in the other JDAM videos cuz I didn't verify the missile before it was fired in the thing. Yeah. And this is how I don't I don't know act- damn about JDAM. This is how I actually approach situations when I'm seeing stuff on Twitter. And it seems like that's how people should a- approach things because you never really know what's going on. But all these people out here know what's going on because they are supposedly protests um at I mean, I'm not supposedly you, turn on the news and there's protests at all of these uh, embassies in our embassy in Lebanon and there's here's an interesting video. I saw this and said the crowds rushing to the Israeli embassy I'm like well, this would taken during rush hour like i don't know right. is this is this a crowd rushing towards the israeli really mm-hmm. embassy somewhere maybe it was maybe it wasn't maybe a I concert tell. just
1: let out somewhere the only i, I can tell is it looks mostly peaceful <laughs> so far it does
0: yeah uh but there's protests going on insurrections happening at a gate that says police. So basically the idea is that there were immediately protests and riots starting in the West Bank uh, because of this bombing of the hospital, which it was Israel that bombed the hospital, according to Hamas, according to Gaza, according to their authorities. And... I'll just say, okay, I don't know exactly where it came from. I'm no musician musicians I'm a musicians expert, but I'm no munitions expert, yeah. you know? Yeah. I should write a song about that. <laughs> um Scott Horton, to his to his credit, says still many conflicting claims and no consensus here. This is uh responding to his tweet about getting Iraq and Afghan vets to chime in. Seems like the specific claims about a falling rocket are credible. But such a huge explosion looks like strike to vets looks like a strike to vets who called them in, but it was all fiery and red, fuel exploding maybe rather than high explosives so was mm-hmm. there yeah, was it, there fuel
1: or other bombs or things in the in the basement of this yeah. hospital?
0: Well. Which is that's where, another thing I was which thinking. is where Hamas has been keeping so so then I go like, okay, maybe this rocket came down super unlucky, by the way, it's one thing to have a misfiring rocket. it's another for it to hit a very valuable target for Israel when <laughs> right. it comes down, right okay, so then I start conflicting again on my mind when I'm trying to figure that out. Um, let's get on to more of what happened. so <clears throat> this is what I didn't expect this morning fully. And it's the fact that the hospital's still there and it was just a bomb that landed in the parking lot and destroyed some cars, and that's what was on fire. Um, So the hospital, hospital's still there. Fine. Yeah. Hos- the hospital's I mean, still... I'm sure some
1: people might have been hurt. There are
0: probably people in the parking lot because they, they said that there were like 5,000 people at the hospital, a bunch of them taking refuge there because they assumed it was a safe place that wasn't going to get bombed. So you can look at this video that is allegedly from the morning when the sun comes up. Did you see the cemetery? No, I haven't seen the cemetery yet. (laughs) But what is destroyed is the parking lot. The pavers are going to need replaced out there in that parking lot of the hospital. And the car insurance company is taking a big hit. I know a guy who can fix those cars. So (laughs) Those cars are in pretty rough shape. Yeah. So you see, cars it's got destroyed. good bones, though. There's some uh, <laughs> shingles off the roof. I try there. not
1: to make jokes, but I, I can't know. help
0: it. I mean, no doubt people people died here, but this is what it actually looks like. The building was not hit. The building took some damage. Uh, there are there's some blurred out stuff there. Okay, so some windows blown out, stuff like that. Um, but but that's the part that I wasn't exactly ready for was not only were we not arguing or needing to figure out whether or not it was Israel who bombed the hospital or Hamas who bombed the hospital, but was the hospital bombed? Let's start there. That was the next part. Yeah. And immediately after, you know, Hamas or Palestine uh, releases this figure of 500 people are dead at this hospital, doctors, nurses, stuff like that. Thousand children, you know? Yeah. That other person said, who knows how many? And, And then you get, you get the pictures. Like, this is what it looks like uh, outside the hospital where whatever this was was actually dropped. Now, at this point, uh, you can, there was a picture of a crater that I guess maybe I didn't save up here. Um, there was a picture of the crater with the parking lot. You could tell it was a crater in the parking lot. And it, the crater was not big enough to be a JDAM if you compared it to other alleged craters created by JDM bombs. So <clears throat> it looks like the story of a rocket misfiring is true. It then also looks like it did not hit the hospital directly. It hit the parking lot of the hospital directly and something exploded out there. Could have been a tank of fuel because I heard there've been, they've been trying to send fuel to the hospitals to keep their generators going. Something like that. Scott Horton mentioned that the fire, was all red and, and you know, look different. So, so it could have been a falling missile. Even could have been. Yeah. And now we'll just look at uh, this report from from Sky News now to kind of clear some of this up for us.
3: Big fireball there within the grounds of the hospital the uh, missile seems to have landed in the car park. Um, Over the course of the night other images have emerged and quite a lot more evidence Uh, the Israelis are putting a lot of their material out there of course they don't have uh, uh, the the, the missile itself Uh, that belongs to Hamas as it were and if you could get a look at the missile, the fragments of it then you'd tell a lot about where it came from but here's the uh, image in the day and there you can see that's where the missile hit, there's the crater, not particularly big. There are the vehicles that were absolutely completely destroyed by the missile, but here are the other vehicles that were burned out. This doesn't look like a huge explosion, and one wonders how the death toll could be quite so high. If people were all camped out in the the, um, car park, it's plausible, certainly, but that number still sounds pretty high. Looking at these images, plus what the Israelis have indicated, does seem to uh, increase the likelihood that this was a, a, a missile off track, probably not an Israeli missile, more likely, as they say, to be a, a Palestinian Islamic Jihad missile, because a whole series of missiles were launched at that time, and they've got evidence of that, and one of them seems to have, have collapsed, have, have gone down into the car park here. But what is interesting about this image from a purely technical point of view is the relatively limited distance damage to the cars most of which are still in their original car, park, car parking spaces we're
0: going to continue with uh, i know it seems self-serving but uh, it is that's why it seems that way we're going to continue with what we believe is the proper way to approach a confusing situation like this where you have multiple sides saying different things and this is how people in the media should do it on free talk live
5: The Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 liberty lovers who've pledged to move to New Hampshire and get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Perhaps you're trying to figure out what part of New Hampshire should be your destination. If so, consider Keene you'll find more than 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeen.com. Keene is famous for its historic publicity-generating activism, as well as being the liberty media capital of the world. It's home to freekeen.com, New Hampshire's destination for liberty activism, news, and opinion. For years, we've been compiling over 150 reasons to move to Keene at move.freekeen.com. Where you'll learn about some of what's happening here and what makes Keene a great place to live. If you love liberty, you'll probably enjoy anywhere you end up in the Shire. But do your due diligence first. Please visit move.freekeen.com for the full list of over 150 reasons to move to Keene. That's move.freekeen.com. What's
0: up? This is Liberty at night with Nate and Charlie on the free talk live network coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. We've been going through our coverage of the hospital parking lot bombing that happened in Gaza last week. And as I said, before we started the last segment, it's, it's important that this is how you approach situations. Don't jump to conclusions uh, don't just think that you know exactly what happened because you might not. And that's generally how we approach everything, especially when it comes to war because the fog of war is a real thing. If you enjoy the things that you're hearing, we'll also be getting on to uh, some other stuff uh, as well at the end of this segment. But if you're enjoying what you're hearing, then make sure you go find Good Morning Liberty, which is our daily podcast. Find Good Morning Liberty wherever you get your podcast. You can go to and And that'll take you to whatever link you need to go. Or you can watch us. We record the video every day. You can go to YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey. But let's get back into this segment about the hospital bombing.
3: No evident damage to the buildings. Clearly, a lot of people were... Killed and injured in this explosion, um, but it doesn't look like, uh, as it were, the mass explosion inside a hospital that it was made out to be last night. That doesn't detract, of course, from the damage it's doing. Um, but a lot more of this image, imagery and evidence, I think, will emerge during the day. We'll only have a we'll only ever have a probability about this because the Israelis can't definitively prove that it wasn't one of their missiles. But they've produced quite a lot of circumstantial evidence, and of course, Hamas will always claim definitively that it was an israeli missile and we'll see whatever what evidence they choose to produce it.
0: okay there we go so the the lesson to take away from this i think is that you have to wait and not rush to judgment on things when it's not exactly clear uh, what happened and that's a lesson that i think uh, that's a lesson that I think Rashida Talib should take, and many, many other people that I saw online uh, last night talking about this war crime and bombing the hospital and and all that, um, <clears throat> and that that does not excuse anything that we've said. We're you know disagreeing with this war or the way that it's being carried out or or whatever. It's just these these single instances that happened during the war can be like inflection points for other things happening, like other countries getting involved, or you have massive protests that erupt and let's say innocent civilians or civilians get killed in a protest in uh, the West Bank, or you have people that are trying to storm these different embassies around the world and something bad happens there. And so then we decide that we're going to get involved there because of what happened in, in Lebanon or wherever else it was that was going on. So when you see the people rushing to judgment and then rushing to storm and the protest, it just really kind of shows me that we should wait and that we should try to verify things. And there's really, there's really no reason to take Hamas's word over Israel. And you do have to remember that you shouldn't just trust either one of them all the time. Like, We don't trust either one of them all the time, but there is a group of people who just trust Hamas or Palestinian authorities all the time. And that's not right either. They all have an incentive to lie. They've all got an incentive to get you on their side and fighting for their cause. And so that's why I tweeted this out yesterday, which I just wanted to to make the point. I tweeted this out that uh, when something bad happens in a war... It's best to assume that both sides are lying and repeal the 16th Amendment. (laughs) So I think that that's the lesson to take away from this. Now, why did I say repeal the 16th Amendment? One, it was kind of funny. And also, two, we need to defund the war machine. And that's where they get all of their money. So I am serious about that, that you need to remember that in these wars where these sides are fighting against each other, that... Uh, We don't need to be involved. We don't need the rush to judgment on any of these things. And we need to make the government work for our money other than rather than making us work for the government. Mm -hmm. So that as they say is that, and as someone, a, a lot of comments in the group right now, the major, a lot of major news sources did seem to pick the Palestinian side. Now they were, you know even BBC would say you know we haven't confirmed this but they you know they kept playing that eyewitness account over and over again now it's an eyewitness account I don't trust eyewitness accounts if I were ever on a murder trial and there were an eyewitness account I would completely black out while the person was talking because there's no reason to have that mush filling up my mind it doesn't mean yeah. anything Yeah the data on mm-hmm. eyewitnesses is is pretty bleak it's awful Yeah
1: really really bad stuff Well actually the data is good What turns out to be true
0: is pretty bleak. The problem, a problem here is that it's too late. That's one of the bigger problems. Like we can sit here and and prove this now, but for the people that are on the ground in Gaza or wherever else it is in the West Bank or in Lebanon or wherever they are, it's too late for many of them because they're not going to get the information, especially if they're in Gaza, because... The only information they're going to get is word of mouth information. Someone would have to listen to this episode and then explain it, trying their hardest to explain it as well as we just did, which they would fail at doing that. And then they wouldn't be able to convince people otherwise. So that's the problem. This It's too late. The sides have already been picked. The propaganda's already gone out. And people are going to act according to yesterday's news reports. So mm-hmm. even people who follow Rashida Talib, there will be a, a portion of those people who are never going to hear what actually happened. And even if they did hear it, they would probably deny it because it would be too hard for them to admit. Or they would probably turn around and say, Yeah, but they've bombed hospitals before. You know, mm-hmm. they've they've committed war crimes before. And so then it wouldn't it wouldn't matter to them anyway, which they'd be partially right about, but they would just be trying to deflect from talking about how they were wrong in this situation. So, anyhow, <clears throat> that's the story so far of the hospital bombing. And now a couple white pills before we Well, the hospital parking lot bombing. Yeah. Yeah. It was the hospital property bombing. Yeah. The car park.
2: mm
1: mm-hmm. happened.
0: The car park. <laughs> it's got car park. Okay, uh one more thing it does connect to Israel, but we'll call it a white pill because this is something we decided to ta- talk about like on the on Tuesday after this whole mess started uh, was whether or not people were able to defend themselves. And so Charlie, you can um yeah, do this one. This is from uh Reason. Israel eases gun restrictions
1: amidst security failures. So, in the wake of Hamas terrorist organization's murderous attack on Israel, the country's government is admitting, not for the first time, that even Israel's extensive security apparatus can't be everywhere to protect everyone. Under the pressure of bloody events, officials are again making it easier for civilians to acquire and carry firearms for self-defense. Okay. Who would have thought? Weird. Quote, today I directed the Firearms Licensing Division to go on an emergency operation in order to allow as many citizens as possible to arm themselves, announced National Security Minister, his name. His name, yeah. yeah he's a National Security uh, Minister
0: for he's Israel. Amid- yeah, he is. He, he administers National Security. Mm, that's right.
1: <laughs> Quote, the plan will take effect within 24 hours, so don't don't get shot. Mm-hmm. in, in the next day
2: mm-hmm.
1: by no means is uh does the order eliminate the country's tight restrictions on guns
0: <laughs> the plan will take effect in the next one now I, I get it but it's like it takes a day to stop preventing people from arming themselves you know like you got to yeah. wind down all you got to do is stop stopping yeah and as soon as Can't this threat that- is over we're going right back <laughs> yeah. okay sorry white pill
1: but it is an acknowledgement that too many Israelis were caught with limited access to the means of self-defense when Hamas terrorists crossed the border from Gaza and attacked civilians. So, and see, this is the problem. It's now like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So, the terrorists had two weeks to come in and do some damage before you know, could
0: protect yourself. You know, it's crazy as if they re- relaxed like all the restrictions and everyone in Israel had a gun and you look at this like 10 years later, it's going to be, because it's hard to research things if if it takes more than 10 seconds well uh, anti-gun activists would say well israel every person in israel has a gun and they got attacked by hamas and over a thousand people were killed so what are you talking about so what i'm saying is you wouldn't be able to tell the two week difference in the legalization of gun ownership when researching from 10 years in the future unless you keep digging and keep digging. This Mm. is how, this is how these things happen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So relying on a steel door, the terrorists were moving from one house to another, trying to kill us. This guy told the telegraph an Israeli guy, Uh, quote, they knocked on our doors and pretended to be Israeli soldiers. We locked our house. We stayed in our safe room. It has a steel door and very thick bulletproof walls. It is only this that has kept us safe from death. One of his friends had a gun and he managed to escape and join other men. We were trying to defend our village. Uh, That friend wasn't alone. uh, Wasn't alone among the civilian population as the IDF were caught flat footed and scrambled to catch up with events with the IDF's division headquarters under attack. It was almost impossible for the chief of staff in Tel Aviv to find out what was going on or how to respond in those crucial, crucial early hours of the assault. You see. When there's restrictions on guns and then. Your government's under attack, it's it's on the list of priorities to unrestrict mm-hmm. you know, and get people access to be able to defend themselves. Like, you know, it's not thing it's not one thing that really Well see It's not like they can just pull a lever, like an emergency yeah. lever, and then yeah. all of a sudden the gun restrictions are lifted. It's
0: not, and then a gun show pops up all of and a sudden they, and you yeah. get to go exploit the loophole. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they open up the loopholes, you know. There's
1: like a <laughs> firearm <laughs> lever, you know. Loophole. Loophole open but just and there's a pop up. Open gunshot. the loopholes. <laughs> so I. Sir, there's a delay. There's a delay in opening the <laughs> loopholes.
0: I wanted to make this point that you're. When people say, well, how are you going to protect yourself if uh, your guns are taken away or you can't have a gun? They say, well, the police are here to protect you or the IDF is here to protect you. And what Hamas did first was you saw those videos. They drove straight up to the police station and started attacking the police. And so what's the natural thing that the police are going to do. They're going to be like, oh crap, I bet other people's houses are in danger right now. Like, no, they're going to defend themselves. Yeah, And so they're busy defending Were themselves. They dodging bullets. You know, Is that- like oh, I got to get to other people's house right. real quick. There's bullets whistling by. my duty by. to protect other like, people. No, they're bogged down defending themselves. And so that was smart on the part of Hamas. And then they're attacking IDF. And then, so they're all busy. Right now, And so while they're busy, they also go door to door killing people at will because most of them don't have guns. Only 3% of people in Israel have guns. And one of the worst places was the Israeli kibbutz, which I'm still betting have not verified that this commune probably did not have super high gun ownership. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Well, considering how many people died. Like a lot of them. Yes. Big percentage.
1: Yeah. Uh, trained citizens who hold weapons contribute to the feeling
0: of security. Oh, we don't have to keep going on this. Sorry. That's why I didn't scroll down. No, oh, unless you want to, no, I'm just, don't no, keep. He's like Ron just... Burgundy. You put anything on the teleprompter, like he'll just,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Israelis, uh, Israel's security cabinet has approved measures to make it easier for Israelis to carry guns after two separate attacks by Palestinians in Jerusalem, Jerusalem over the past two days. The BBC reported that in January. So they made know, it easier, I guess. They should just allow people to defend themselves. This is why this is why the second amendment's so important. This mm-hmm. is why we talk about these things that we talk about. You know, in times of peace, people want to restrict your access, but you never know when you're going to see paragliders, <laughs> para- whatever, mm-hmm. coming across the ocean <laughs> trying to attack you.
0: So the the white pill here, the takeaway from this, and Reason gets the white pill correct also, um, they are, by doing this, they are acknowledging that the people should have more guns so they can defend themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they are trying to ease restrictions because they are recognizing that what people needed in this situation were guns to defend themselves instead of just being sitting ducks the whole time. Yeah. Which is what they ended up being. So that is a good thing. At least for our arguments not good for the people who needed this a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it uh,
1: sucks that it has to be proven out this way. Like mm-hmm. people have to die for you to prove the point.
0: Hey, let's do something not political real quick. You know, we used to talk about like medical advancements in modern science, mm-hmm. you know, cool stuff like that. Here, let's So do another this. white pill. Let's break away from the politics for a second. And let's talk about this woman who's become the first human to be fitted with a nerve and bone-fused bionic limb. So Terminator is here. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. I'm yeah. glad that you caught that reference. Uh-huh. There you go. There it we is. got it in the group already. Uh huh. <laughs> so you can see in this picture, Now there's no video in this article, she's using a tiny screwdriver to turn a screw on what I'm assuming is... Something fake that just has screws on it for yeah. the practice turning screws. It's a practice okay. screw turning tool toy. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. I give it a ten out of ten for creativity, one out of ten for its, you know ability to not be creepy. Uh, but they did put like a glove on it that doesn't just look you know straight up like Terminator or anything. But this is awesome. A Swedish woman named Karen. See, complaining will get you somewhere. Okay, <laughs> she's been complaining to the manager of and here she is being the first human to get this bionic hand
1: they say the squeaky wheel gets the (laughs) attention you know
0: that's how it is a swedish woman named karen has become the first it's karen with an i by the way k-a-r-i-n just so you know has become the first person to ever receive a below the elbow prosthetic that fuses bone with metal and electrodes an incredible feat of robotics and biology, it's seen to represent an eventual gold standard of prosthesis that has encouraged the interdisciplinary science team to believe it will be available to other amputees and other circumstances in the future. So, I, I don't know. It's cool. You know, Charlie, your dad, he doesn't have any legs. Um, that'd be cool if this were available back when that happened. You know, could could, could have legs eventually. Technically right now he would just have hands on -hmm. his legs because I'm sure that's only as far as they've gone. But I just like that they're trying stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And I think in the future, amputees are just going to be able to get body parts put back on. Okay. That's cool. That is cool. That's a cool thing. That is really cool. Makes you not feel so bad for blowing them up overseas. Eventually when we're all (laughs) just robots. Yeah, there you go. You know, we've got Neuralink, Mm -hmm. you have your bionic arm. All kinds of stuff. I think all you need is a human brain, and then you can just build everything else. <laughs> right? Yeah, sorry. I mean, sorry for throwing non-white pills in there. My bad. Um, in that description. But I, hey, it's the best time to be alive. You know what the better time to be alive is? Probably like 50 years from now. Probably be even better. Mm-hmm. Okay? We might still be here. We'll see. With advances in modern science. Mm. I don't know if I want to be. We'll see. But we'll see. We'll see if we'll still be here. All right, let's get on to this one that was really cool. I'm sure a lot of people in the group have already seen it, but I would like for Charlie and I to laugh together while watching this like we did yesterday, the first time that we saw it. Uh, this is Pierre Pauleve, Pauleve, Pelivre. I don't speak French. I believe is uh, how you say his last name. From what I can tell, he's going to be trying to take on Justin. You know, you took French a couple of years I did. In. Uh, two semesters oh so one year but of french but the way that we did our yeah. semesters is two years i've learned more spanish on duolingo than i did french in two semesters of french mm. so then you can't pronounce his name well i don't know how he says it um you know. okay he's getting interviewed by a journalist this kind of reminds me this of guy's that, running for prime minister by the way <laughs> this is that uh it reminds in, me of that can, time Elon Elon Musk got interviewed by a journalist mm. and kind of pulled the same thing. Um, this is a great way to handle people when they're trying to get you to defend baseless claims or to defend things from their point of view and from their reality, from their moral high ground. Just this is him taking the moral high ground, flipping the script, and making them the one that is wrong. And he is the one that's on the moral high ground. They're crazy, not him. And by the way, if you haven't seen the video, the dude is eating an apple while he is making one of my Just favorite videos of 2023. Relaxed as can be. I know it's so great. I want to be this guy when I when I grow up. Um, on the
6: on the topic, I mean, in terms of your sort of strategy currently, you're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well a- appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels i would guess um, i mean We're certainly, certainly you certainly example. you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently like what uh left wing, you know, this and that, right wing they you know, I mean it's that that type of ideological thing about, I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of don't pe- really believe in that. Okay. A lot of people would, would say that you're simply taking a page out of the Donald Trump uh book. like which people would say that well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but like who <laughs> I don't know who but Well you're uh, the one who asked the question, so yeah, oh, you must know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways the, the point safe? of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote given you know, not, not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but also... What are you also... talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in, saying in that. Terms, in terms of tur- turning things quite dramatically in terms of, of Trudeau and, and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you, you, you make quite a, you know, it's, it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm, I'm sure. i do not sure. Under- I don't know what your question okay. is. Then forget that. Why should Canadians trust you with their vote? Common sense, common sense for for a change. We're gonna make common sense common in this country. We don't have any common sense in the current government. You know, the
0: guy prints $600 billion, grows our money supply by 32% in three years. That's growing the money eight times faster than the
6: economy. No wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades. I'm going to cap spending, cut waste so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. You want to be able to afford rent. Then you have to vote for Pierre Polyev because
0: I'm the only one with a common sense plan that will bring back the buying power of your paycheck. Okay, that's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. It is. What I really like about this, and uh, we've talked about this a bunch of times, he completely, like I said beforehand, he completely flips the moral high ground. This guy tries to come to him with this, uh, you're compared to Donald Trump, you're a populist candidate, you're turning up the heat and the rhetoric and all that. And he completely flips the moral high ground, becomes the one who's right. This guy's asking him crazy questions. He doesn't need, you see, they try to get you to defend yourself. They try to get you to defend your, your ideas as if you're wrong, and they're the one who's right. And he just, he completely flips it. I don't have to defend this. First off, what are you even talking about? And then he gets to get his thing in there at the end of it. Like, the inflation. And he does a great job of selling himself. You want to be able to pay your mortgage, you want to be able to do this, you know, you're going to vote for Pierre Polyev, is how he said his own last name at the end of that video. So, uh, just remember, we... Now, this guy, I'm not before i completely link us with him this is a great video i don't know everything about this guy i don't know what all of his policies are i would suspect we disagree on many things probably yep. a lot a lot of things <clears throat> um, but like we do canadians yes in general <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but we have the moral high ground and we have in my opinion ceded that to the other side and shouldn't do that. Remember when you're getting attacked for these views or whatever, you're the one who's right. Like we know that you well, don't have to defend the fact that people own themselves and shouldn't just be controlled by people with guns. Well, and the, the, key, the other key thing here is you
1: make people be specific. Mm-hmm. Okay. When they make these like overarching claims, like, well, people are saying that, you know, you do this with like, who, mm-hmm. who's saying it? Give me an example you know don't don't try to defend like a a broad baseless claim mm-hmm. get you know make the make the person prove their point and then when he got down to something specific he actually at the very beginning he was like well i don't i, I don't i don't even believe in left versus right mm-hmm. so that can't be true he and comes- then you can you can much easier it's much easier to defend yourself
0: Well, because he destroyed the basis of every one of the guy's questions. Yes. And
1: you can tell the the interviewer gets real nervous. Oh, yeah. He
0: was like, oh, no. (laughs) uh,
2: Well, uh... uh, uh.
0: Coming up, we're going to be doing Dumb Bleep of the Week. That's everyone's favorite segment, so you don't want to miss it. That's where we count down the dumbest things that happened in politics over the last week and our live group, the Fed Haters Club. Join gml.com. They vote on the dumbest thing for Dumb Bleep of the Week. That's coming right up. What's up, y'all? This is Liberty and I with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network from Nashville, Tennessee. On this show, we do something called Dumb Bleep of the Week. That is where the live group, the Fed Haters Club, puts in their submissions. People on Twitter put in submissions. I put in submissions. And then we pick about 10 of them. And we have the live group, the Fed Haters Club, vote on which one was the dumbest. They will move on to Dumb Bleep of the Year. The winner will get a trophy. It's very fun. Very fun to do. And it's everyone's favorite episode. You look at our stats, all of our top episodes are Dumb bleep episodes. We people, might as well just do this episode. People like week. the dumb. Yeah, they really like listening to us make fun of dumb things, which is kind of what we do every day. We just don't call it that. But anyhow, <laughs> we're going to, uh, to, get, to get going on these. We've already got the submissions put into the Dumb bleep of the Week voting channel. And I reckon we might as well get on to number one. Now, number one, this might be confusing for some people. All right. Okay, let's get on to Dumb leap number one. This does not mean that we're pro-Hamas, by the way, because we're not. As we've said, every single one of those sons of... Deserves to die a I'm traitor's death. Terrorism. Absolutely. Just like against I'm against it. death. Yeah. I. Those are the videos of people getting killed that I'd like to see.
1: They, they go against the basic principles of, like, don't hurt people. Mm-hmm. And don't take their
0: stuff. Yeah, so... And don't take people. Basically, (laughs) anyone who's not a libertarian, that's who uh, we... (laughs) Kidding. But there is this thing going on where, listen, there's Palestine, there's Gaza, and then there's, there's Hamas. I do understand that Hamas is the elected regime of gaza but i don't think that we should make the assumption and this assumption that people actually had a choice this the assumption is necessary for when you see like oh someone blew up a building and it had a hundred civilians in it and they all died the assumption is necessary for you to justify seeing civilians die like you you have to jump through these loops and say well they voted for Hamas. They're they're in power. This is who they wanted, and so they all support it. I don't think that's true. You could look at a very simple fact, like the fact that we don't support what the American regime does, and we've been here for 35 and 36 years, and we don't support what the American regime does, so do we deserve to die for what they do? There is millions of potential libertarians out there. There's a bunch of Republicans that don't support Biden, the current president that's out there. And so when you look at an elected government of a land, you can't just say, well, that means that government represents all of the people inside of this land. We have it right here in America where the elected government doesn't represent all of the people. So why would you think in an area where you would just get shot in the street for not supporting the government, that all the people support the government in the land. Yeah, It's like saying
1: all the North Koreans support Kim (laughs) Jong-un.
0: Well, they don't rise up against them. They're not protesting against what Kim Jong-un is doing because they don't want to die. They've done the calculation. Anyhow, Wilfred Riley says uh, it's not an exaggeration to say that people who are pro-Palestine in any political sense are pro-Hamas. Hamas is the elected government of the currently prominent chunk of Palestine. Mm. Okay, so... So that seems like an exaggeration, actually,
1: though, uh, Wilford.
0: Now, there are a lot of people at these pro-Palestine rallies we've seen around the world and in in the U.S. that actually are pro-Hamas, what Hamas did, and that's really dumb, and that's really gross, okay? Mises' caucus had a nice little post on here, said, so being pro-America means being pro-Biden. No, clearly it does not mean that you were pro-Biden, or pro what the current government is in the United States. Here's another post from Dinesh D'Souza. This is in response to a New York Post article. The New York Post article says progressives call for U.S. to take in some of the expected 1 million Gaza refugees. So that's the story. Not to take in all 1 million, but some of the 1 million Gaza refugees. And Dinesh D'Souza says, Hamas in America. This is how progressives define progress. So, any refugee from Gaza is Hamas. I yep. guess that's that's what it would be. For the same reason that if you move to another country, that would be the same thing as Biden in America. <laughs> you know, if I'm just saying, if you right. connect those two things together, mm-hmm. that's that's what they are. You have to believe that there are people who live in a country who are too scared to stand up against their government, who, who do not support their government. Do not make this rationalization, this justification, so you don't have to feel bad when civilians get killed in a conflict. And Clint Russell made a really good, uh, described this all in a really good way. I just saw this this morning.
1: All right. He said, this is Liberty Lockdown. He said, uh, there hasn't been an election in Palestine in 17 years. That's true. Half of the people living in Gaza today weren't even alive during that election. The voting age in 2006 was 18, so you'd have to be 35 years old today to have ever voted, even once in your entire life. 70% of them are under 35 years old, so 70% plus of them have never voted. Hamas won the election with under 50% of the popular vote, so approximately 85% of Palestinians alive today didn't vote for Hamas. So to the people who keep saying they voted for Hamas, they get what they deserve, stop saying it.
0: It's dumb 85%. And of course, these are rough numbers could be 80 or whatever. But 85% of Palestinians alive today did not vote for Hamas. Now, that is not the same thing as saying that they don't support Hamas. That number could be very different. Now what people will respond with is that there have been polls conducted, Charlie. Well
1: this is this is he's saying to the people who keep saying they voted for Hamas. True, true. They get what they deserve. So he's responding specifically to
0: that. So some of the responses on his were <laughs> that were that polls show nine that ninety percent of them support Hamas. <laughs> Listen, when we do polls in America, we call them BS. Yeah. Do you support me, Nate? <laughs> exactly. If you can't see right now because you're listening, Charlie's pointing a gun directly at a my finger head. gun. A finger gun. Yeah. Directly. Which we Ask are, if we were in grade school, that would get us expelled right now. I but, don't know. But we're not. Uh, we're not.
1: This is freedom of America.
0: So speech. Like, you look at polls in America, and you're like, oh yeah, it's BS. Who answers their phone? You know, and then does a poll or whatever. <laughs> Who's co- are you actually going to answer, or you're going to? Someone's going to come up to you and ask you to, what fill out a form. How do you think they conduct the poll? Yeah, who puts out the poll? Hamas? <laughs> like seriously, don't have such a double standard for things. Just say that you are trying to rationalize in your brain that it's okay for civilians who potentially are just hostages to die in an airstrike. Yeah, for revenge. That okay, way, when so, you look at the,
1: the little kid who didn't yeah. deserve to die. You can sleep at night.
0: And I'm not saying that that means everything that Israel is doing is wrong and they shouldn't defend themselves or whatever. You know, our typical disclaimer that we have to do here. I'm just saying, don't rationalize, accept the truth. Like say, yeah, there are innocent people who do not support Hamas, who wish that they could leave and wish that they could stand up without getting killed that are just getting mowed down right now. By shrapnel or or whatever, caught in crossfire, and accept that fact, don't try to rationalize it. Okay, that's dumb bleep number one. Dumb bleep number two comes from Jimmy Wales. Jimmy Wales, by the way, is the uh, is he the founder of Wikipedia or is he the guy who runs it right now? I should have looked that up. Someone give me a fact check in the group. I think he might be the founder. Let me see. I can look it can up. Give while me you're a going fact check. It. Jimmy Wales said. Fast-moving claims and counterclaims. And Elon Musk has removed all the core features that made it even remotely possible to tell real journalists from fakes. And Elon Musk responds with real journalist, L-M-A-O-O-O. Right now, what did we find? He's a co-founder of Wikipedia. Co-founder of Wikipedia. So Jimmy Wells' uh, complaint here has to do with the checkmark system. And what he's complaining about, ironically, without a check mark, although I know that this is actually Jimmy Wales, because I know that this is his account um, he's complaining that since you removed the legacy checkmark system, that there's no way of being able to tell what's real or fake news. Because remember, Charlie, back in the old days, when the people running Twitter would get to decide who got a blue check mark. At that point in time, all the news you saw from blue check marks was real news. It was legit. It was the truth, except for like the New York Post and Hunter Biden's laptop. True. That had to True. be. Even David. though they had
1: a blue check mark, that one had to be <laughs> taken down.
0: Yeah, so at the in the old days actually what it was was that check marks meant fake news back in the old days. Now, I don't I don't really Care about anyone's check marking well, like I said ironically, this is Jimmy Wales saying this, and it's got a bunch of views, and Elon Musk responded to it, I'm like I know that this is him that said it because it's from his account I know it's his account because he can go to it it's got millions of follows, and it's the one that he uses for tweeting all the time. You could take two seconds and see here's a funny here's a funny response to this now he said real journalist LM, LMAO. um a A a new development since this happened, it actually happened on the same day where he made fun of real journalists. Elon Musk has removed the New York Times verification badge. So there are these kind of legacy verification badges or journalist verification badges for these big outlets out there. And the funny part now is that he actually went out there and took away the verification mark for the New York Times, which has got 55 million followers. So it's gone. They're no longer verified on Twitter. <laughs> on the same day that Jimmy Wales was complaining about people not having blue check marks and not being able to tell who the real news was coming from, they took away their check mark. So, god. Hilarious, I know, and it could have something to do with this whole thing that happened after the hospital strike. Uh, because this, you know, <laughs> Israel strike kills hundreds in hospital, 500 dead and strike on Gaza, 500 dead and blast at Gaza hospital, all coming from the New York Times. But it's coming from, uh, it's coming from the New York Times, so it has to be real. Mm. Because you not don't, anymore, you don't get they took fake away news from verified people, you know. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Okay, so number two goes to, and by the way, Wikipedia. So, to be complaining... To, to Elon Musk, because now you have something called community notes and community notes is where people get to come together and they rate things as true or not true. And they can be added to the end of claims that people are making kind of like the, Wikipedia. The person complaining <laughs> about this is the co-founder of Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Can someone explain that? The mm. site where anyone can edit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Costco is yes. <laughs> that one. <laughs> okay. And by the way, like half the crap you see on there is fake. On Wikipedia yeah
1: even if you provide sources
0: all right um, number three let's go to video for this this is someone interviewing the uh, head of Hamas in Gaza and uh, wants to get the right people on his side and so he is likening what's happening in Gaza to the uh, murder of George Floyd in America so BLM people, make sure you're on the right side here. Oh, it says, I want to take this opportunity
4: to remember the racist murder of George Floyd. George Floyd. George Floyd was killed as a result of racist ideology held
0: by some people.
4: The same type of racism that killed George
0: Floyd is being used by Israel against the Palestinians. And I want to take this. Oh.
1: That was the end. That was a
0: loop. I was about to read the whole thing again. <laughs> okay.
1: So, <laughs> Israel. Georgie Floyd. Georgie. Georgie. So basically,
0: Israel killed George Floyd. That's yeah, what I got from it's that. It's the same idea. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to like we got to we got a guy running a group of people who went out there and murdered innocent women and children and men. By the way, don't forget about the men. Mm. Okay? I'm sick of this sexist way that we talk about innocent people getting murdered. The men men's lives matter. Okay? Mm. Not as much. So they go out there and, children, and they, they do these terrible things, they they take hostages. And um, that he's now complaining that what Israel is doing to them is like what people did to George Floyd. Now, if you connect all those two together, that's not great for the BLM cause. Like if you actually want to make BLM and Hamas close to the same thing, uh, that's, that's not good. Now, last dumb bleep, we talked about how BLM Chicago was posting out. Remember the picture of the pair, the guy on parachute Mm -hmm. out there going out there to kill innocent civilians. Um, I guess BLM was totally fine with that. So, Have we officially reached the point where BLM is Hamas? Mm. I mean, I say that they're terrorists sometimes. They go out there and they terrorize, you know? And I don't want the terrorists to win. But are we going to make that comparison? I I don't think, no. (laughs) Reminds me of dumpling number one. (laughs) No. Hamas, I'm
1: not talking about. Hamas does not equal BLM. Okay, some people in BLM? Some people, maybe, yeah. Well, if you joined it, you're fine with everything they do, (laughs) uh, you know? I think... Yeah, I mean this is kind of ridiculous, obviously. Now, <laughs> that's not to say that the Israeli government has not um hurt some Palestinian people, obviously. Yeah, but are I mean, they
0: are they did they do it because they're racist? Because I, they hate no, Arabs? No, I don't think that's the reason. Yeah. And also was George Floyd killed because he was black? Was no. it a racist killing? I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah. But I don't know. I guess we I don't, don't know, know, for sure. know the motivations yeah. of yeah. We don't know what Chauvin would have done had it been a white guy that was, you know, high yeah. as hell. He could have...
1: I mean, he could have kept his knee on the back of a white guy, too. Who knows? I,
0: I think don't, we should let him back out in the wild and see what happens. <laughs> you know?
1: He's only allowed to interact with white people. <laughs> um, Just as a study. Yeah. But, uh, but of course... So this is the leader, the head of Hamas In, in Gaza? Gaza, apparently.
0: Okay. Allegedly, according to this post, and this is Vice News, so... There is about a fifteen percent chance of it being true, at least. <laughs> I guess I yeah. don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, but, but you see how this rhetoric
0: plays out now on a global stage. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important to to attack it like in the beginning, in the small stages. You know, where people are like, oh, you know, let people think what they want to think, whatever. Well, I mean, they think what they want to think, but you got to call it out as being really dumb because this this really does filter, like extrapolate itself out. Into the entire world, and when you allow those lies, because what you're doing is you're allowing lies to fester. And when you when you allow that lie, it grows and it grows, and other people decide that they're going to like Pinocchio's use that lie. nose. It is. Yeah. It is. BLM's nose is now reaching all the way over to, to Gaza. Gaza right now <laughs> yeah. and touching this guy. Yeah. So this is the tip of BLM's nose. Actually, <laughs> talking. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, number four, From Chicago. <laughs> number four. It needs to be mentioned. It was put in as a dumb bleep submission. We mentioned it yesterday, but we'll uh, we'll talk about the Janet Yellen thing uh, real quick. She said, "Of course, we have plenty of money to fund both uh, Israel and I was going to say Israel and Palestine, which we do actually. We're going yeah. to give a hundred million dollars to to Palestine for for aid." But they're definitely going to use for aid yeah. for sure mm-hmm. to aid their efforts <laughs> in attacking israel i'm sure um but we can we can help both ukraine and israel and uh, not crash our entire economy at the same time. Here is her saying that. What this all means. Paul Tudor Jones,
6: the famed investor,
0: was on CNBC this week, and he said, this is the most threatening and challenging geopolitical
6: environment that I've ever seen. At the same time, the U.S. is in its weakest fiscal position since World War II, with debt to GDP at 122%. Can, can America, can the West, afford another war at this time?
3: I I think the answer is absolutely. Um, America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and to support Israel's military needs. And we also can and must support Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. And look, the American economy is doing extremely well.
5: (sighs) Literally,
1: the journalist is like, and America's economy is the weakest it's been since World War II.
2: <laughs> yeah. With
1: with debt to GDP at 123%. She's like our economy is strong. <laughs> strong as I've ever seen.
0: Now Mr., what she means Mr. by Mr.
1: journalist
0: I like I said yesterday, I mean she she holds the purse and the purse is down about thirty-three trill right now. Okay, it's a heavy purse. It's a very, very yeah. heavy handbag that she's carrying it's around. Gucci, or but it doesn't matter how much debt we have, how big the deficits are. We can fund both Jews and Nazis at the same time. We only we can can do this very important job. That's
1: that's a good distinction. <laughs> and send hundred million
0: to Palestinians. So
1: yeah. All right. Let's move on. Basically, is- there needs to. No other countries
0: need to exist. America can afford it all. Yeah, we should, you know, we should just, we should just take over all the countries. We should. (laughs) We can fund all of it. We just occupy. Mm -hmm. We'll send a thousand Americans to every country. That way we have to defend them. And then we can. Against the other ones. Against, exactly. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. And then we're defending them. Is that the threshold, you think? Thousand? It's probably a thousand.
1: Yeah. I would say. Set up a a thousand person city in every country and then you'd
0: have to defend it. I like it. Yeah. That's a good plan. That's a good plan for world domination.
1: We can afford it. (laughs) Of course
0: we can. Okay. uh, Moving away from this war and onto another one. Queer. (laughs) 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 Professor.
1: That's that's it. Professor. Another war. (laughs) Queer.
0: Professor allegedly left bloodied after on campus altercation with right wing group. And this is being investigated. Queer professor left bloodied after on-campus altercation with right-wing group. And this is being, inves-
1: MAGA <laughs> <has>. <laughs> it's
0: being investigated as a hate crime right now, by the way. That's why I decided to look at this. And when you say altercation with right-wing group, well, I, I don't know. I guess they came up and attacked this person. I'm not really sure uh, what happened. I decided it was worth actually reading the article and digging into it. Now, they're in an altercation with someone from TP USA. A queer professor at Arizona State University was allegedly left bloodied after an altercation broke out last week between him and two members of a conservative group and what authorities are investigating as a hate crime. David Boyles, who teaches English and is a co-founder of Drag Story Hour, Arizona, was confronted on ASU's campus by two men with the right-wing group Turning Point USA on Wednesday. The next day, the group posted online a 96-second video showing Boyles being followed by a cameraman and a personality named Callan D'Almeida, who was firing contentious questions about his work with Drag Story Hour. Drag Story Hour is a national group of local chapters across the country that organizes events where drag performers read children's books to kids while... Half naked, flopping their penises in front of little children. No, oh, I'm sorry, that's not oh, what had, that said at all. Yeah, you had I, had that part. I, I for context, it was missing context. <laughs> right. Was the problem? You can't run, Diarmida said. It's best if you just talk to me on why you want to push sodomy to young people. And so anyway, they were following this guy who's walking down the campus. There's a cameraman and in interview, and they're walking next to the guy you know, trying to ask them questions. Now, at a point, I would say, do you think that ever becomes a violation of your liberty, Charlie? Like if someone is walking next to you, they're not preventing you from going anywhere, but they're walking next to you for however long it is that you're walking somewhere and they're filming you, I guess you're on public property, and they're asking you questions. I don't know if it matters. The questions are, why do you like to get naked in front of kids? Mm -hmm. But we could just leave that out is that a violation of your liberty you think
1: no you don't let's go into a building okay go into a private building where people can't
0: follow you all right so we'll talk about why that is important coming right up on liberty at night on the free talk live network We're back on Liberty Night with Nate and Charlie going through Dumb Bleep of the Week and we're right in the middle of a controversy. This is the video. The important point here and is usually, that usually I just want I just want people to know, usually when people get real
1: defensive when you're asking mm-hmm. them questions, they're usually guilty. <laughs> I just
0: I want you to know that. So he was left bloodied. Usually, not always. He was left bloodied after an altercation with a right-wing group, and this is being investigated as a hate crime. One important point that we might want to point out is that he is the one who attacked the cameraman first, and then the other guy pushed him as he was attacking the cameraman, and the Queer <laughs> fell down and hit his well, face on the sidewalk. Identified
1: by journalists. Yeah, I mean,
0: literally, the article starts with queer. Mm-hmm. The headline starts with queer. The article starts with queer. So I'm just saying what they're saying. Uh, here's them walking down the sidewalk right here. And you can see the guy get pushed. And the other guy comes up behind them and pushes him. And that was the altercation. Like, that was the whole altercation right there. Uh, he pushes the cameraman. the other guy <clears throat> pushes him off the cameraman and he falls and hits his face on the uh pavement. Maybe people probably can't see it because there is him pushing that guy. this guy pushes him also off the I was cameraman. taking a look at your sub stack, and it seems like you really, really hate Americans, like you just are disgusted with Americans in this country, and it's funny because you would like to see a different America exist where little boys are sodomized by people like you, right? Hey! <laughs> All right, so there's your there's your altercation. There's your hate crime investigation mm. right there. And it looks like he... And the
1: cameraman's backing up and trying to block. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So
0: I guess I asked you beforehand because... Is I think
1: is, it's written in the law you can't push queers in the back. That and maybe that's, unless they
0: should ask for it. <laughs> no, I just wanted to finish
2: finish the law.
0: <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. This is the annoying part about hate <laughs> hate crimes. Again. You know? Because first off, this could just be called an altercation. And if the and if it wasn't a queer that was that was pushed down to the pavement in this scenario, I think you would just look at the video and you would see that he attacked the cameraman first and that the other guy came up to defend the cameraman and push him away from the cameraman. The guy falls down, hits his face on the pavement. And if there, if the word queer wasn't involved here, I feel like that's kind of the end of the story right there. Maybe the cameraman presses charges against the dude for pushing him. But I don't think we get this whole hate crime investigation going on right now which could end up being really serious i think you get the death penalty for that (laughs) not for pushing one we'll see we'll see what happens they're (sighs) moving forward i believe with the charges on this ridiculous hate crimes are dumb okay Mm -hmm. just on just on their own what's number six let's move on to there we go charlie go ahead all right this is from sarah specter she said i don't understand
1: why it's okay to regulate a woman's body to save the life of a fetus but it's not okay to regulate the price of insulin to save the life of of a diabetic,
0: same same. Why do you no. think it's not? <laughs> well, abortion. I mean, come on, this is a perfect this, analogy. This whole show is about things equaling each other. Yeah,
1: abortion is the same as insulin.
0: Analogies as are very. You know, one thing I've always had a little pet peeve about: are, are people that make terrible analogies. Mm-hmm. You know, people who can't make analogies are like freaking Nazis. <laughs> get my analogy yeah that's yeah. pretty good okay. okay
1: exactly you made a terrible analogy <laughs> okay to explain all right that you don't like terrible analogies good. these things aren't the same that they're not the same thing
0: so it's, to compare one to the other you're going to save the life of a fetus you got to say fetus not baby okay so you got to use that word all that requires is you preventing someone from taking an action like you tell a doctor that they can't kill the baby okay which is how, like, we as libertarians would say, like, okay, the doctor can't take the action of killing the baby.
2: Mm.
0: All right? So yeah. on the other one, when you say regulate the price of insulin. you could say insulin, end the growth mm. of the
1: fetus if you want yeah. to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, you can't take an action that would end the growth of the
0: fetus. Well, that one gets complicated for me. Because what if the mom takes yeah. an action that would end the growth of the fetus? You know, like she goes on a hunger strike. You know? All right. What are you going to do? There's nothing you can do about that. (laughs) So the price, regulate the price of insulin, you're actually forcing other people to take actions. One of the actions you're taking is uh, you're going to take all the insulin away from everyone else because there's not going to be any left because you're going to kill the market. Uh, So that's one of the things. And when you regulate the price of insulin, what do you mean by that? You're probably actually going to subsidize the price of insulin is what you're going to do. So which means you're going to take money from other people. And give it to other people who need insulin. Which means you're actually forcing other people to take actions on behalf of someone else. So they can provide something to someone else. You see, you're flipping the whole, you're either going to force someone to take an action to create an outcome. Or you're going to say that someone can't take an action uh, to create an outcome Mm -hmm. that you want. So it's a bad analogy, is what I'm saying. It is. Okay. Yeah. I don't like bad analogies. I just don't. Mm. Uh, Number seven this guy's holding up a three right now. Uh, the Washington Post they post out that the Marine corpse made a cons- made a concern. I actually read it that fat in my head. I'll read it and then I realize that I have to change it afterwards. Like I still like I'll say corpse, and I'm like that's not corpse. <laughs> it's core. It's core. Well, clearly, why look they at the on? Look it? at the letters. <laughs> Come on, take the p out. Yeah, Marines. The Marine Corps has, a concerted, has made a concerted push to become more reflective of the diverse nation it defends. The number of black Marines who fly fighter jets has fallen. Critics say the service appears unwilling to take aggressive steps to level the playing field. <laughs> <laughs> this is a problem. God. This is a problem. <clears throat> maybe they sh- don't want to fly marines struggle with a glaring diversity problem this is the the story
1: so yeah, do you realize <laughs> so american military services volunteer and then like wait they're not holding anybody back
0: because of their color no. well they, they'll let anybody sign up to die no they mentioned that in they mentioned that in <laughs> the article that they have removed any barrier to entry for, for anyone that like maybe was there in the past, but that that's not enough for them. They've got to be actively promoting black Marines up to flying these jets to fix their diversity problem. You know? So they spent decades making a concerted push to become more reflective. Officials point to sustain gains and recruiting women to join the force and then growing overall diversity among service services officer ranks. They want, women to die but within its community fighter pilots these efforts have failed to keep pace and while leaders acknowledge they have work to do observers say the institution appears unwilling to take the aggressive and resource intensive steps that experts deem necessary to put black candidates for those jobs on more equal footing with their white peers what what are they talking about what do you what do you have to do well, I mean, you, I mean... It's not easy to become, become a, a fighter pilot, and by the way. I think that's Haven't what you are Haven't you seen saying. Top Gun? It's, it looked, to, well, it didn't look tougher for him. I mean, he's, he well, was he's, fine. Yeah, and he's <clears> white. <throat> mm-hmm. That's right. True, true. Um, to become a, a pilot of one of these areas, you basically have to have a doctorate in killing innocent civilians. <laughs> And that's tough to get. It's expensive, you know, and there's a a lot of training for that. No offense to all the fighter pilots out there. I'm sure you dream about it every night. I don't even think I can be a
1: fighter pilot because I think I'm too tall, right? Isn't there a height limit? There is a
0: height limit. I don't know if you're over it, but um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the limit is. You're probably close, Mm. I would say. You, You probably are. Let's see, a film producer whose father flew fighter jets in the Marine Corps has researched the imbalance and concluded that the service leaders underestimate what's required for African Americans to overcome certain obstacles that can stymie the prospects of otherwise qualified individuals. He points to previous flying experience, which is expensive. Graham also faults a recruiting system that he said has done a lackluster job engaging the black community specifically. And here's the deal. Before we even decide that we're going to go through all of this article and talk about how they have failed at this quest and how there aren't enough black fighter pilots or whatever. My main question is for Dumb Leap number seven, why is this a goal whatsoever? The main question is who cares? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't, don't care. I, I don't fit. You don't fit. What's the, no. what's the height requirement?
1: So you have to be no less than 64 inches short and 77 inches tall when standing.
0: No less than sixty-four inches short. There's a short. sixty-four minimum. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have to be five
1: foot four or six foot five. Seventy-seven inches, six foot five.
0: Seventy-seven is yes, six mm. six, six five. So yeah. five four to two, six, six five six, five is the and you range. You have to be
1: thirty-four to forty mm. inches tall when sitting. So you only have a six inch when you're sitting. You have, okay? You've only got six inches. All right. And you have to weigh no less than 160 pounds. So if you're under 160, you don't qualify and no more than 231 pounds. Mm. So if you're over 231, you don't qualify. So what you're telling me is if that you I- fall aside these ranges, it's still possible to pursue a career in av- av- aviation, um, but an additional screening will be required to make sure you can safely perform operational duties. Mm. And okay. there are also specific height and weight requirements for for specific airframes, which will be discussed during your pilot training. So uh, you can't have a history of hay fever, allergies, or asthma. You normal color vision with near visual acuity of twenty thirty without correction, distance visual acuity of no worse than twenty seventy in each eye, and um, you have to meet refraction, accommodation, and astigmatism requirements okay so nothing about being white or black but <laughs> nothing about
0: okay so yeah you're right it didn't mention skin color in there. no it
1: did, nothing about all skin right, pigmentation right, sure but so, there's a lot of height and weight requirements
0: so before we went through those specifications uh the point i was making is this shouldn't matter what should matter is that the absolute best person for the job is the one who's flying the airplane exactly that's all that matters yeah It. This idea that we have to have diversity requirements and the people that are, let's give all the benefit of the doubt here, the people that are defending our country and keeping us safe. All right? If we were to be invaded, who do you want flying? The DEI candidate who got put there because of the color of his skin or what was in her pants, you know? <laughs> or the person who was best for the job, who did the best job out of everyone. That's all I care about. I want them mm. to be the best people for the job. Okay, that's it. That's yep. all that should matter. Are they the best people? So that's, we don't have to go through the rest of it. Yep. <clears throat> Agreed. Number eight, this girl. Been seeing <laughs> this girl all over uh, Twitter. I like stuff. in the note
1: you put girl. Girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to call her. This girl. Definitely girl. All right. So she is complaining. A lot of people are probably seen this. She <laughs>
1: Imagine is. Imagine that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't. <have> to, <laughs> sorry, that part was redundant. and <laughs> So yeah. she is upset. Because we already knew that she has a business marketing degree, and she can't get hired at one of these hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollar a year jobs fresh out of college. They want her to work for less money than that mm. and she's making more money waiting tables, mm. and so it's impossible for people like her and her nice car sipping her Starbucks to get ahead in life because she can't just get automatically. Uh, picked up at one of these. I jobs.
4: have a bone to pick with America! So I'm headed to my serving job. <clears throat> I fucking hate it. Earmuffs. I fucking hate it. Earmuffs. I make more money serving. I have my literal business marketing degree.
0: Now, is that better than the figurative business marketing degree? <laughs> a literal one? Yeah. But not quite <laughs> as good as a metaphorical. I, I mean, as long as it's hanging degree. on her wall, does she have it framed? I don't yeah. know. She probably does. Okay, sorry. We'll back it up a little bit.
4: Business marketing degree that put me in acute eighty thousand dollars in debt. I was smart, <laughs> and I make more serving sushi rolls because I was. A, I've been applying to marketing jobs fucking for weeks now, and the pay cut is insane, insane. But the jobs that are like acute one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand a year. I'm not getting those. I'm a 20, almost 25 year old. My birthday soon. Almost 25 year old <laughs> chick going against, you know, corporate ass America. People with so much experience. All I got is my degree. You know, people say, get your degree. But then they don't talk about how you need experience. The degree was the experience. <laughs> I need to
0: Yeah,
2: oh.
0: the degree was the experience. Yeah, so just
1: put on there that you did keg stands in college, <laughs> and so like, you can face adversity. Yeah, and spent- we should hire you at one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year because right out of school, you're going to provide that much value. Mm-hmm.
0: And she was probably the only in- person that graduated with that degree. I with bet. your literal yeah. business mm-hmm. marketing degree, yeah, yeah,
1: you're worth that much to someone.
0: <laughs> Jesus. So the a couple things. 80k for this business marketing degree. Do you even? I I guess you do. But I feel like technology has advanced so much now, and with with social media and AI and all the all this other stuff that you need a business marketing degree from college to work in business marketing. Is that? it I mean, I'm asking a question now. I'm not saying that you have to, but is that what they're looking for? I don't think so. You're a tough person to ask because you have no experience. in your life. Experience
1: will trump education every time. Yeah. Every single time.
0: But she doesn't want to get experience. You see, the problem with everyone going to college and getting this, like I like I said earlier.
1: Everyone went to college. She's
0: not the only person that graduated with that degree. Yeah.
1: So she doesn't understand that labor is a commodity. Yeah. She's in competition with other people who yeah. are willing to take a lower salary to get on the job experience. It's coupled with their degree, mm-hmm. so that maybe in five, six, seven years they can make that one fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you know they can be at that. That's really a vice. But she wants to be a vice president straight out of school. <laughs> yeah. Pay me two hundred G's, <clears throat> and then give me a car allowance and a corner office. But Allison,
0: Allison <laughs> <laughs> is that her name? Fit, oh yeah, it looks fitness like it. with Allison. Fitness with Allison. Yeah. Okay. How about you just grow your fitness channel? So the. <laughs> The thing is, you're going to have to take a job making less money and get experience. So people can then, like you just said, that's like extra plus college. Like that's like getting your business doctorate. You know, Mm. you now they have plenty of other people who did take the lower paid job who have experience, or they can take someone fresh out of college who has no actual experience doing the job. Which one are you going to pick? You're going to pick the one that has actual experience in the field. Mm. You're not just going to hire someone at one one fifty or two hundred. It's ridiculous. <sighs> Number nine. This is funny. The uh, UN Human Rights Council just held their elections, and here's their twenty twenty four to twenty twenty six class of members for the for the UN <laughs> Human Rights Council. Uh, uh, Cuba. I actually had to. I had to check this a couple times because I thought. That maybe it was fake. Members
1: sure. members include uh, this is for human rights. By the way, Cuba, Qatar, China, Sudan. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know that's a country. Ar- um, Eritrea. Yeah, I think that was right. Eritrea, mm-hmm. Kuwait. <laughs> They're most known, yeah, for their human rights. Algeria, Burundi, Somalia. This. It- Vietnam, Vietnam, Malaysia, still looking for that airplane. Yeah, (laughs) Kazakhstan. So this Bangladesh.
0: In reading through the list, you would assume that this has to be parody, right? Like it would have to be. There's no way that it would actually be real. But as you research it, especially on Twitter, this is
1: from news.un.org. So. Albania, Brazil, Bulgaria, Burundi, China, Cuba, Dominican Republic, France, Ghana, Indonesia. For
0: this year or for
1: beginning? uh, They serve for three years beginning January 1, 2024. Hang on. These are just the new members. So the new members will join Algeria, Argentina, Bangladesh, Belgium, Benin, Cameroon, Chile, Costa Rica. Eritrea, Finland, Gambia, Georgia, yeah. Germany, Honduras, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, <laughs> Lithuania, <laughs> Luxembourg, Malaysia, Maldives, Montenegro, Morocco, Paraguay, Qatar, Romania, Somalia, okay, South Africa, Sudan, UAE, United States of America and Vietnam on the 1st of January, 2024. So those countries are now added to all those other countries.
0: Okay. So the list of so countries we have are on the UN human rights them, council. Yes. Okay. Great. That's good. When can we get, when can we get rid of the UN then? I, can <laughs> I make a motion to get rid of the, what do they do? These, I, these people were elected, Nate free and fair elections. <laughs> so here. we, we support this them. Is, it's the United Nations and we're a member. So that's great. I'm just still wondering why we have the UN. When they said council, I thought they meant human rights counseling, like to help the people, you know, because they don't know what they're doing. They need help with it. The Human Rights Council is an intergovernmental body with the United Nations system responsible for strengthening the promotion and protection of human rights around the globe. So these are the people.
1: Maybe these people do care about human rights in their country and they are now elected on the council so they can get pamphlets to bring back to their government. I got gotcha. you. To say, hey, here's what we're doing wrong. wrong.
0: You know who got the snub this year, though, is North Korea. <laughs> Look at uh, Eritrea, the one that um, <laughs> we were talking about. That's the one I picked. Uh, their government remains one of the world's most repressive, subjecting its population to widespread forced labor and conscription, imposing restrictions on freedom of expression, opinion of faith, and restricting independent scrutiny by international monitors. Uh, it's got a one-man dictatorship. Uh, with no legislature, no independent civil society organizations or media outlets, and no independent judiciary. Uh, elections have never been held in the country since it gained independence in 1993. And the government has never imp- implemented the 1997 Constitution, guaranteeing civil rights and limiting executive power. That's good stuff from the UN. And then we'll look at one last dumb bleep here. Carolina Care. This is an email that someone got. And I saw this posted out by that Felix Ammunition page that's always trolling pretty good. So I did have to go in and make sure this is real, but Carolina care access for young adult dependents age 12 to 17. So here's the subject of the email access to your child's Carolina care account will change November 1st, dear parent or legal guardian. We wanted to let you know about an upcoming change to your Carolina care account that will take effect on November 1st, 2023 starting November 1st, 2023 you will no longer be able to have access to prescription information for your children between the ages of 12 and 17. If your child has not yet turned 12, this change will take effect on their 12th birthday. This change is to protect the privacy of your child's prescription records. It allows minors to receive prescription medication for sensitive issues as permitted by law without worrying about how their parents may react.
1: (laughs) So now the the new age
0: of adulthood is 12. (laughs) I guess that's... That's the age that the government takes ownership of you, I guess. Yeah, is that twelve?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Um, I went in to make sure this was real because it seemed very <laughs> highly ridiculous. And um, they can get they can get
1: Xanny bars. They can get Adderall. No, they can get birth
0: control. Anything. It's fine. Whatever, you, whatever you want. You just don't want the parents to get mad about it. It's crazy. Yeah. Parents. Hormone you know. blockers that's uh, a real thing, by the way, beginning of November 1st, children. Gender fluids? <laughs> <laughs> IV? Gender fluids straight up the arm. <laughs> children age 12 to 17 will need to create a new account on the Carolina Care website. So Now,
1: Carolina Care, is that just the Medicaid for... For the Carolina, look, North Carolina? It's not just
0: Carolina because the reason they say they did this is because they serve in uh, multiple states. And since different states have made this law, my guess is California. I don't think that we have to go into why this is so ridiculous. Uh, I think everyone, uh, every competent person who's listening right now knows how. Atrium Health so Atrium so this basically is then
1: the prescription program that Atrium Healthcare provides to their employees. Okay. I I would assume. <clears throat> and it says here that Atrium Health provides healthcare hope and healing.
0: Regardless, I think we all agree that this is um really dumb. It is the parents' children, just to be clear with everyone. That's how we come down on the issue. This is your child not the government's child? So whatever law it is that they are complying with and whatever state it is that they're complying with, that law needs to go immediately because it's a freaking 12-year-old. All right, let's get the votes in.
1: If you're part of the live group, get your vote in. Boom.
0: Okay, Carolina Cares, the one who wins. Listen to us every Tuesday night on Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live Network. We'll see you next time.
5: This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact porcupinerealestate.com.